Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to Mile Higher Podcast, episode 198. Today, we have another guest joining us on the show, and this is going to be a very emotional episode. We have David Robinson, who is Daniel Robinson's father, joining us for the episode today. And Daniel went missing less than a year ago. Yes. So this is very fresh and like I said, it's it's very sensitive and emotional having David here today. He will be joining us here in a bit. And I just wanted to say before we start that we know you guys are going to do an incredible job, as always, of making him feel welcome on our show, making him feel supported. And we will have a call to action that we will go through several times throughout the episode, but also in the description box below of how you can help with his search for Daniel. Yes, so Daniel Robinson was last seen the morning of June 23rd, 2021, leaving his work site in Buckeye, Arizona. He worked as a hydrogeologist, uh, so he went to a lot of remote locations out in the Arizona desert. He was uh, last seen driving his 2017 blue-gray Jeep Renegade and is believed to have headed west deeper into desert terrain. And there's obviously more to this, but I just wanted to sort of give you an idea of, of what we're going to be talking about. David is still searching for his son today. He's leading search groups out into the desert to continue searching the area um, where his vehicle ultimately was found. Um, so that we're going to go over all of that with him and we'll be back with him here shortly. David, it is so great to have you in person here on the show. I've been following everything you've been doing online and it's awesome to meet you in person. Sorry for the circumstances, but it is really an honor to meet you. No, thank you so much for being uh, having me on. I yeah, really yeah no, we, we appreciate you coming out here and, you know, with how busy you are and, and, yeah, you know, taking the time to, you know, help us tell your son's story. And hopefully as a result of this, this episode, you know, we can hopefully drum up some more resources for you, whether it's volunteers or through the GoFundMe, mm -hmm. um, which we'll go over all of that here, here in a little bit. But Let's just start off and just allow, you know, our audience to get to know you a little bit, get to know your family. If you want to just yeah. introduce yourself. Okay. Yes. Um, of course, David Robinson. Um, I'm from Columbia, South Carolina. Um, been born and raised there. Um, my children, of course, are born and raised there. I'm just a, a, a man with um, a small family, but we're a very tight-knit family um, down in South Carolina. Um, I'm the oldest of uh, my, my sister. I have a um, younger sister and a younger brother. <laughs> my mom decided to have uh, my uh, my brother um, after my sister and I are pretty much about to gra uh, graduate from school. So, oh, um, yes, yeah, so I didn't get to grow up with yeah. him. So sometimes yeah. I think I was wait a minute. I do have a little brother too, but you know, <laughs> but yes, I have a um, younger brother. But yeah. uh, definitely, I'm the oldest um, out of the out of the two um, the siblings I have. And um, like I said, I grew up in in Columbia, South Carolina. In my career, um, I was going to school for to be a computer engineer. I'm a term. I end up having children. <laughs> you know that how that puts a roadblock yeah, a little bit. A, yeah, that kind of put a uh, stop to some things. But um, I'm honored to have my children, um, and I did still try to go back to uh, finish my career and end up um, joining the military. Um, Which so, thank you for your service. By oh, the way. I, I really appreciate that. I, really I have a lot of respect that, so. for for people that serve. So yes, thank you, thank you. Yes, um, did two tours um, in Afghanistan with uh, uh, the military. Um, of course, um, I ended up getting medically discharged. I uh, had a brain injury oh, wow. uh, yeah, uh, from being there in, in deployment. So um, got out, uh, medically retired here, um, and here I am in Arizona. You know, saying, uh, you know, from my retirement, um, 
um, my goal was to, uh, like I say, go back to finish what I uh, practiced with my children. My children know that, you know, hey, look, um, finish what you start. Right. You know, and yeah. I was doing that. Yeah. Um, but um, also wanted to try to start my own business and things like that. So um, as soon as I was doing that here, COVID. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, yeah. Of yeah, I think all of us kind of suffer from that. But um, I'm also I'm here in Arizona to find my son. So that's pretty much involved in it from about me. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's I think that's a good uh, summarization. You know, you and I were talking on in the car on the way over here a little bit more about your military experience and stuff and just for all the things you've been through with that and and now you, you know the search for your son i just want to say you're a truly impressive yeah. uh, man and individual and we both have a lot of respect for you yeah. and what you're doing i mean you're a man on a mission that's your mission every day is to find your son and we really respect you for that yes and uh, i appreciate that and you've been in Arizona now how many months? Since June the 26th, I've been going on nine months now. Um, been here um, in search of my son. So. That's amazing. So before we jump into you know, what happened to Daniel, let's, let's kind of go back and just let you sort of tell, tell everybody what Daniel's like. You know, what's, yeah. how, how was his childhood? You know, he's got siblings. Yeah, tell us a little bit about family life, you know, growing up. Yeah, well, Daniel, he's the youngest of his group. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> his group. Yeah, yeah. So you have an older brother and uh, twin sisters oh. um, in, in growing up with them. Um, and he's the youngest out of that group. When I say that group, I end up getting married again. And I have a younger daughter. She's 14 now. Okay. Well, no, take it back. Yesterday she turned 15. So <laughs> she would get mad at me. Yeah, married um, it right. <laughs> but, uh, uh, but um, yes, he's the youngest of that group. And um, uh, Daniel... Um, of course, he was born with uh, one hand. Right. Um, from birth, you know, so when he was born, of course, mm-hmm. you know, all families, we've always, we always going to feel a certain way when we uh, see certain things. So, yeah. Um, but he was special. You know, yeah. so I, I, I knew that off the, off the beginning. He's really loud. Um, when he was coming out, he was really loud and crying <laughs> really hard. And I said, man, he have a strong voice. Uh, but, you know, just from that, just from that, um, knowing that Daniel yeah. uh, was going to be a strong child. Um, as he got older, of course, I think one of the biggest moments is when he spoke to his mom about um, his hand. Mm-hmm. And that's when he noticed, I guess, um, uh, I think he was probably going on five years old, if that, you know. Yeah. And he noticed he just had one hand and his siblings didn't had two. He said, Mom, where's my other hand, for instance? And uh, I believe his mother told him, hey, look, God has it and he's going to return it to you one day. He never asked about that ever again. Wow. Um of course, um, we wanted to give him prosthetics to try to help him out as parents, um, try to find, make sure that he's doing well in school and things like that. Right. Uh, but we learned really quickly he didn't like it. He would fight about that prosthetics. He didn't, he didn't want it. Yeah. Um, uh, Daniel, um, like I say, he's a, he's a person that challenges himself. He always uh, challenges his siblings, uh, brothers, video games to um, uh, school. You know, say so he had his older brother. All, all of them was doing very well in school. And uh, so he look at the rest of them like, oh, I can do better than them, you know. So yeah. If you look at Daniel, he's got a he's, lot uh, to prove being oh, the youngest. Man, yeah, he's he's gotta, the youngest, and they, yeah. that's what they talk about. You know, all three of them, well, all four of them, they would um sit there together and uh, discuss about who's the smartest, I guess. You yeah. Know, that type deal. And uh, so yeah, he had he had to really prove it, and he's really been doing that. Uh, from teaching himself how to play the French horn. That was his first instrument. Oh, wow. That's, oh, that's yeah. impressive. French oh, yeah. horn. Uh, yes, wow. trumpet. You know, he did that. Um, a little bit of trombone. So that cool. day, he just challenged everything. And when he wanted to do it, he just actually do it. That's amazing. I mean, yes. that's also a testament to you as a parent and instilling that in your kids. 
And one thing we want to make sure that Daniel, he never got treated as the no. We don't see it as a handicap. He right. was born that way. He's used to Special. it. Special, yeah. And and he definitely proved that point to us. You know, yeah. hey, look, this is what I am. I'd rather go without prosthetics because this is who I am. I'm, I'm you know, I, I love who I am as Embrace, a Embrace it right. rather than right. Right. make it, yes. you know, something. Exactly, yes. yeah. So he played sports too? He was... He tried a little bit of uh, football. Uh, he didn't last long in it, but he tried a little bit of that. Yeah. Um, he did um, uh, sports as in lifting weights. He, he did a little bit of weightlifting in, um, in high school. But that's pretty much it when it comes to sports. So really, like, ac- academics was first was priority. That's right. Was that's he, like, right. is he doing AP classes and that kind of stuff, too? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he's always been in some type of honor class and things like that. He's, um, I think the thing was called... Um, I can't think of the name of it right now offhand, but he's always had some kind of awards growing up in, um, in high school, uh, junior high school and then high school, all the way up. Um, coming to, uh, yeah, what, it, what is it called? Grace. It's like Honors? Scholars? Honors? All-Star? Yeah. Uh, All-Star something. Gifted I forgot what it was. Right. <laughs> something yeah. similar. But he's he's always having some type of awards. Because uh, like I said, he tried to challenge his uh, siblings, so of course. Yeah. Because yes. what you were telling me is all four siblings are in the science. They are. It's they STEM are. world, and, wow. right. which is really cool. That's right, yes. Friends um, in the family, <laughs> yeah, yeah. scientists, some type yeah, of like, scientists. Yeah, and, and you know it's funny because um, we have our conversations uh, even to the well, you know, uh, before Daniel went missing, uh, we have conversations and people look at us like, "What are they talking about?" You know, because we'll we'll just break things down. You know, so I, no matter what it is, <laughs> yeah. that your dog yeah. would have came around, uh, for instance, a certain way. <laughs> oh, they do that. They roll on their back because they mean this, that, blah, yeah. blah on the science <laughs> level. You know, that's yeah. ideal. Okay. We break awesome. everything down. And you guys are analyzers and that's and, right. That's you know, right. Sort of have that scientific right. method running through through right. the blood. All the time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's, we may have debates like that. So <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's yeah. that's really cool. I mean, education is so important and um obviously that that was what really drove him, you know, through his his childhood and right. um through high school and then where do you, where do you go to college? Well, he went to college, um, the College of Charleston. All, well, his siblings, uh, well, t- uh, two of his siblings, twins, they went through the College of Charleston also. Okay. So they graduated before he did. Uh, but he went there in his freshman year. Um, that's when he fell in love with geology. Interesting. So he uh, oh, took yes. like an intro to geology and he and just that's was what like, it was. Right. this is really interesting. Yes. He, wow. he fell in love with it because he, he was just like most. Um, college students undecided when he first got there. So. Right, yeah. right. So yeah. you need kind of those basic courses to sort of figure out what right. you want to dive deep into. That's right. And geology was it for him. That, that was it. And he was what still, was it about geology that he really liked? Like, I, I really don't know. I didn't never did ask him that. <laughs> that's a, that's <laughs> yeah, kind of he, a weird I, question. I, but. You know, I think I, um, when he was going through college, I was um, um, had an impression. I, I learned that quick from his sisters um, that you think it's going to be cheaper. And I said, oh, man, they're going to college. Now I can save some of my money. No. <laughs> <laughs> it became more more expensive, yeah. uh, but it, I was more concerned about the academics. Make sure that he's making it through. He's he's a boy, and his mm-hmm. he was he was living the college experience. There's like a lot a, of distractions like once that. you get to college. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was living the college experience. His sister would say, "Dad, you know, I don't know. Daniel's always at this old party. You know? He's always <laughs> doing this, you know, and with his little buddies in in the dorms yeah. or whatever. Yeah, that type deal. So, so he had a he had like a social life going in in very, college. Very, very big one. Yeah. <laughs> So it wasn't all just books and studying. No, he was no. he was having a good time yes. too. And he graduated with honor, so that's, yeah. that's the thing, yeah. right? In yeah. 2019, right? Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So he fell in love with geology, and so what, geology is kind of one of those fields too, where um, being in South Carolina, I don't know if there's a big, you know, sort of career 
field in South Carolina for geologists. But how did he sort of like, what did he do after he graduated to sort of figure out what his next step was? Well, you know, one thing I was teaching my children is to um, um, expand their horizons. And and yeah. Daniel, he's he, all three of them um, decided to do that. You know, they they listened to what I um, was teaching them as they was growing up. You know, the world is bigger than South Carolina. You yeah. know, uh, their mother was uh, more of you know she's a mother. Mm-hmm. Stay close to home. I want to sure. make sure you're okay. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, no, go abroad, go yeah. away. You know, get away from here. Uh, so they was able to um, do that. And, and Daniel did the same thing. Um, you know, once he graduated, like you say, not much you can do in geology. South right. Carolina. Yeah. Um, so um, Phoenix, Arizona was a, a place to go for him. So he found Matrix New World Engineering in Phoenix, Arizona. Yes. So he got a job right out of school then. Right out of school. That's, that's um, impressive. I mean, that's. Well, you know, I can't give some credit to his best friend in college because his best friend's uh, parents own that company. Oh, so, yes. Okay. <laughs> so he had it in. He had so a, he had, a, he had an in, in there because <laughs> both of them are geologists. So he met him in um, college. They. Um, right. So, so the uh, social life paid off. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes those yes. uh, social connections exactly. help you out later. So had he ever been to Arizona before? No, he have not. So uh, he had so no idea what he I, was sort of. His mother was nervous, but I was happy. <laughs> so yeah. He went out there to, um, uh, after he graduated, of course, he had to do, I, I didn't really understand that, but he had to do one last final class out there mm. and um, it was in Flagstaff. Okay. And okay. Um, once he left Flagstaff, he just went straight to Phoenix and He's on his job. What so, did he think of it when he first got down there? Did he like oh Arizona? Oh my gosh, he's he's um, in our conversation, Daniel. If he was around today, he still was trying to convince me to move to Arizona. <laughs> oh really? Yeah. He was all about he it. He loved huh? Arizona. Yeah, yeah. Oh. The, the rocks and the hiking and it's beautiful. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's Especially a big Sedona. He's really oh, yeah. in love with that and you know that type of stuff, right? Sedona. Yeah, he was really looking forward to you coming out there and hiking. And with he was. Him, right? He yeah. was. Yes. Yes. Very much so. So he kind of he's always been kind of a nature lover and just loves being outside and you know and I, I think um, I can say I didn't really was aware of his really love for um, outdoor type things um, until he started getting into college because he always wanted to go on trips with his friends mm. and um, uh, because when he was growing up I can say his mother and I when we were when we were married we kind of um, kind of sheltered them a lot. And when I say shelter, they, uh, we tried to keep them from going through some of the same things we had to go through when we was growing up, and we put them in certain places. And so they didn't get to venture out and do all the things. I'm telling them about those things. So I think once he got out, he said, hey, I'm free. Let me go. Yeah. You know, yeah. Deal, so, yes. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a good way to approach it, too. I think it's good right. to give them the foundation yeah. right? and give them those life experiences that you share and, and lessons and then but also when it's time for them to go out into the world to support that as well. And I think that's great that you supported him going out into the world and moving far to the other side of the country, totally different, different landscape, totally different, you know, people and, and environment. So he moves to, to Arizona and he doesn't necessarily have a place to live right away. Right. Right. And, and you know, the thing is, uh, once he was, cause I, now that's the only time I told him to come back home first. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's because he was leaving that that class and flat staff to to um, go to Phoenix. I'm like, where are you gonna go? Yeah, you know, pretty much. And then he said he had a friend. I don't know who this friend was. I know who it is now, uh, but um, to uh, who's gonna let him in stay for a few weeks or whatever until he get his place. So is that Roger? Roger, that's okay. right. Okay, yes. Okay, and he so was, he was a coworker. To, oh, ended up being a coworker, right? One of the okay. coworkers there. Okay. Um, um, is he older? Major. Older than Daniel? Um, he could be. 
I, I really I think Roger could be at least he's about five. Close, or, close though. Yeah. yeah, it's close, but not super older. Okay. But yeah. So he moved in with him temporarily, and that was just supposed to be until he found another place. That's right. That's okay. Right. So he lived with him about a month initially. It's about a month. Um, okay. Once he got started on his job and and got his paycheck, I guess, and then he decided to get his apartment. And they became pretty good friends living together and would carpool together to work. That's right. That's right. Okay. Um, Daniel ended up getting uh, his first vehicle. And, you know, I, what, what I'm thinking is, um, Daniel, I was really proud because when I started seeing him practice some of the things I was teaching him as a young boy, is um, like fixing the car, I to put him and his brother up on his sister's too, but under the vehicle to teach him how to fix the car and yeah, things like that, good. or how to change the oil or yeah. whatever the case may be. And, and he, he ended up getting a little cheap little car. Um, Dad, I got this car, and I was like, okay, it was raggedy. Yeah, it seemed like it would uh, break down every day, but he, oh, he, yeah. he kept it together. He, he's used all those tools and those skills. And that's great. Kept yeah. that thing running. Kind and a challenge. And, oh, man, and, and uh, get to work on time. So that's the first move he made. I was really proud of that. He's starting to show his manhood, uh, yeah. taking care of himself, yeah. and, uh, and he went there from there and ended up getting the vehicle that he have now. The Jeep. The Jeep. The right. uh, Jeep Renegade 2017. So Roger worked in the office and then Daniel worked out in the field. So he was outside most of the time, right? right. And he right. probably really enjoyed that. And that's what it is. Daniel, he's, um, like I said, I, I learned that um, as he was coming out of um, uh, college. While, while he was in college and also when he was coming out of college, that he really, and I could see my my uh, spirit coming out of it because that's how I am. I'm a person that want to be yeah. out, out somewhere doing something. So, yeah. But he's a little more intense with the nature part, you know, I won't go just say, hey, I'm choosing to go hiking one day. That's, yeah. But that's Daniel. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, um, so, yeah, he's, he's definitely, I've seen some of that come out. Okay. And eventually he did find his own place and he moved out of Roger's place. Did you get to see that apartment or had you seen pictures of it or anything? I haven't seen anything. Just no, no, just from word of mouth, um, what he was telling me. Okay. Yeah. But he and Roger still remained friends. They would get they together. Have, they have for a long time. Okay. Uh, I think until, uh, until Daniel went missing, uh, um, Roger. Yeah, been considered a friend, right? And he got a new apartment in Tempe, right? Is it That's, Tempe? Well, he Tempe? started off in yeah. uh, Phoenix. He started off in Phoenix. Oh, did he? Okay. Right when he first got his first apartment, um, he did end up getting a roommate uh, a little while after that, and you know, oh, kind of okay. because he, I think he moved in. His sister was uh, complaining, "Um, Dan, you sure you can afford? You know, because yeah. you know he he could afford it, but you know, Daniel wasn't thinking like, hey, look, uh, that bill that you're paying for right. this rent." Is going to cut you on some of your, you know, yeah. fun money you want to put aside tight. or whatever the case may be. Yeah. yeah. And uh, uh, so he learned that quickly and he got a roommate. Yes. So you were planning to eventually go out and visit Daniel. I have. Yes. Okay. Yes. Did you have that already scheduled? And we did. We did. Um, I was supposed to be in there. Uh, his sister's, uh, his sister in California, she's coming down. He do have a sister in Phoenix. Uh, we always going to meet um, out of his place or the sister in Phoenix, uh, um, her place. Um, July, okay. July oh, last year. Wow, it's right in July. We already had a schedule, uh, especially with the whole COVID thing going on. We oh, still, we're yeah. still going to try to make um, a way to get there, um, and we're supposed to spend time. And that's when he wanted to show me the vehicle for the first time. So, yeah, yes. he was really proud of that. Car. He, he is. Yeah, he's he just built the computer. He just got his. his yeah, he's. His, living his, the, a couple of things he was really wanting to show me. His, um, you know, <laughs> me being a computer engineer major, um, yeah. he want he was building that computer and was. Uh, Going back and forth and the RAM with the RAM. He was yeah, putting in yeah, this that's and that. Great. And um, um, he wanted to show me that uh, personally. And also he wanted to show me that vehicle. So July was the date that we thought, uh, the month uh, that we decided that I was going to be here. Okay. I mean, in Arizona. 
Yeah, Josh was into building computers too. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> it takes I, a lot of time. Yeah. It does, yeah, but it's fun. You it know, is I've fun. Been, yeah. It is fun. I've built uh, four or five. I built one for her dad, <laughs> uh, my brother, a few other people. Yeah, it's 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 fun to to learn about the individual components of it, and right, you yeah. know when you go and shop each each That's component, right, yeah. and then when you get them all, and then you take a picture of all the boxes. That's and, right. Then you that's got right. the case, you start building it. That, yes. That's really cool. Yeah. I, I know. I, the more I, I, I learn about Daniel, I'm like, ah, oh, he's, he's my type of guy. Let's go to right. Sedona and then <laughs> yeah. go home and, and right. do some gaming yes. on the computer. So. Oh, that's the, oh, yeah. Especially, <laughs> especially gaming. He was a big gamer also. Yeah. Really? Pretty much. I didn't realize that until uh, until I had to go clean his apartment. You know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. He had yeah. two screens on his computer. Just the one side oh. for gaming and the other side for whatever you had to do. Yeah. 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 <laughs> he's like, I'll do homework over here. And right. Yeah. Yeah. I'll keep my Wonderful. game up over here. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was me through college too so, so sorry <laughs> no go ahead i was just gonna say davisha moved out there in march of 2021 right yeah it was um a year after daniel um because uh, he went out of college and then uh, she came out a year after that okay and she he stayed with been... him for a while as a matter of fact oh, really? for at least about a month before she got her apartment so. oh that's nice yeah. and they're pretty close very close very, very close. close that's awesome he must have been really excited to have her there then. And, and that's what they do every weekend. Pretty much they go hiking and things like oh, that. Oh, that's so, fantastic. Right. That's so awesome. glad they had that time. So he's working at Matrix, which being a field geologist, I mean, easily putting in tons of hours, working yeah. hard. So then he decides to drive for Instacart. Why, he, why did he do that? You know, I learned that and I was wondering why, because I didn't actually, you know, the crazy part, uh, we talk about everything, Dan and I. The first time I heard about Instacart was the two days before he went missing when I had that last conversation with him. I didn't realize he was doing Instacart. And yeah. one of the reasons I found out later with his sister is because the job, uh, Matrix, um, what they would do is uh, they didn't pay for uh, some of the things that um, he had to carry, like equipment to oh, the gas, yeah. to whatever, to make it to these um, well sites. Hmm. What they do is a expense report. And he had to do, after he finished putting oh. everything up front, supply, whatever the case may be, you had to put in a, 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 a expense report, okay. and then they take the time to pay reimburse him. Back. him. Yeah, so he needed to pay his bills, and that's the reason why he did that. Okay, that makes sense. Right. He didn't want to have curious. to like have his Wait normal right budget right. be hit by his work right. expenses. That makes a lot of sense. Yes, yeah, that's that's kind of weird for a company to make you right. front that front that up. Front. He, he, he did express how stressful that was for him. You know, he's yeah, you know, almost about to get behind on bills, and he didn't yeah. like that, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Yes. Well, I mean, to to be resourceful enough to right. then figure out how am I going to be the able cut, to is the way to do it, right? Yeah. So you yeah. Can Very flexible. Make your own schedule. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it seemed like in kind of the first half of 2021, things were going pretty well for Daniel overall, yeah. and you guys were happy about his situation, felt yeah. comfortable, but then things started to become a little concerning for you at some point. Kind of noticed that he wasn't his usual self. Well, that's the thing, and I think um, a lot of that being misquoted, especially on my part. Okay. Um, though, so we did have some things with um, the. When we, I guess a lot of that what you were talking about probably came from the police report. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and one of the things is that gets me with that is, okay. um, and I know I get really touchy about it because yeah. it makes me angry. Yeah. Um, I understand that. You know, my my daughter and I, when I first got here, uh, I keep saying here, I'm still thinking I'm in Arizona. <laughs> uh, but, it's okay. Uh, <laughs> Pretty much, we're close enough. That's right, close enough. <laughs> Um, um, but one of the things is, of course, I'm looking yeah. for any kind of um, indications of what could be wrong with my son or anything. Right. So we had to literally sit there in what I know was, was interrogation room at the time with the officers. Uh, detect, well, it wasn't a detective at the time, just the officer. And um, they just say, hey, think of anything. So we just kind of go back in our mind and try to 
figure out any type deal. I think my daughter did come up with um, some weeks or something before or some days before. I can't remember how long it was that he was came to her apartment to stare it off. Like, and, you know, I right. take it differently. Um, as sure. Far. I'm like, probably... you know, I stare off, you know. Um, okay. it, David, you know, kind of knocked me out of it because I may be in. That don't mean something wrong. You be I'm tired in, or in just. Thought. Yeah. I'm in deep yeah thought or about pondering. Something, yeah. That's what only thing she can think of. And, um, and that's what was put in the report. So I do have that. Okay. Um, one of the biggest things I want to really clear up really quickly mm-hmm. is that um, I did see in the report, and I guess the, the weird part is I didn't even notice for months until um, about about two or three months ago that it was in the report. Um, this year, I found out it was in the report all this time, and I didn't know that they said I said as a father um, that Daniel was in love with a woman that he didn't know, for instance. Things like that would okay. kind of indicate that um, – um, something was going mentally with my son. Right. I have never said that. I never said he was acting strange and for weeks and things really? like that. Okay. Because I couldn't think of anything. Because um, me and my son just had a normal conversation um, a few days, two days prior to him going missing. Oh, you did? Okay. We we talked, Daniel and I, we talked uh, for two hours every time. I'm not just saying right. one time, every time. Yeah. And that's only because um, that's the way he and I talk. We always, like I said, debating about something or yeah. some science thing. And he was always talking about his future, what he wanted to do. Okay. Oh, all that kind of stuff. So that always plays a part um, in our conversation. So um, I want to say real quick too that when we do have that conversation, I always every time Daniel call or I call him, you know, we know it's going to be two hours. Uh, so whenever you do call, sometimes I can't take his call right then. I will send him a text message. Hey, I'm gonna call you back because yeah. if I'm in the middle of something, I know I got to set aside two hours. Right. <laughs> so, like, yeah. Yeah. So it's gonna be it's quick. Gonna be a long, it's not gonna be yeah. a quick yeah. long call. So that's that's how me and Daniel talk. So if he would have said anything strange that night or you would have picked up on I would have known yeah you would have known and I can't say you some things I look listen back to that conversation I'm like why didn't give him this advice or that advice you know uh, sometimes I look at that but it was nothing um that would say he would want to disappear or something so when he was talking about like you just said his life and future plans not there was no red flags or any sort of thing it seemed totally normal totally on track with what you had had come to know what Daniel's future looked like. Right. Um, if you're going by the last conversation, yes. Um, well, one thing that probably stood out only in that conversation with my son um, is the uh, thing about asking me about love. Like, what is love? He never mm. had a real girlfriend. So, okay. okay. Of course, you know, I'm, I'm sure he probably liked the um, young lady or something. I'm not sure. But he just asked me questions about it. You know, hey, what is love? And, and, you know, that kind of yeah. kind of thing. Normal um, For me, it's normal. Right, because yeah. Daniel always asks me, he's an inquisitive guy. Fatherly he comes advice. to me, you know, saying yeah. about what, yeah. uh, certain things. So um, right. that's the only thing he ever said about love. He never did ever say he was in love with a woman he didn't know. He loved this young lady and things like that. Nothing, no indication that he was sad or mm. depressed about nothing. In fact, um, him and his sister was planning to go hiking that weekend So um, um, before he went missing. Okay. Right, yeah. yes. Did he take a trip to San Francisco and not tell he, you guys or— well, he took a, a trip to see his sister. Okay. And uh, he didn't say anything until he got halfway on the trip. Like okay. I said, that's that's the point I was making uh, when I say he that six hours. When I look at the time and I, when he went missing, and it was like six hours later. You know, if he would have went, if he wasn't saying nothing in like three hours, I would have been so concerned. But when I was looking at six hours, and no, nah, it never been that long that Daniel don't say anything. So that one t- particular time, um, Daniel did start heading up towards, um, I guess, the surprise his sister. And when he got halfway there, he said, hey, I'm coming. Because she, she told me, she's like, he, he said, I'm almost there. And it's like, what? I didn't know you was coming. You know, yeah, that's yeah. Like, so yeah. He kind of surprised know. her. Right. So okay. he did stop by there. And then once he uh, stayed there um, over the night part, he got up really early and he went to San Francisco. 
Okay. Right. Gotcha. Okay. But we know that. We knew he was yeah. just going then from there. He went to um, Death Valley for whatever reason. Okay. <laughs> like, what is in Death Valley? Yeah. You know, yeah. I thought you just wanted to see it. And yeah. Then yeah. Come back. Right. Okay. So it's really helpful to have you here to kind of clarify some of this right. stuff that's in yes. the police report. Can we talk about when Daniel went to Devisha's house and supposedly sat on the couch silently for 30 minutes? I know you just kind of mentioned that. Um, so you think that wasn't to be taken as seriously as it has been? Yeah, because I didn't hear my daughter say 30 minutes. So I don't know the 30 minutes part, but I didn't That's know a long said. time. Yeah, that's yeah. a long time. And, I, I you know, I, that that would be a long time. I didn't hear her actually say, I don't know if she said this to the officer. She never expressed that to me because um, she's really concerned about some things she didn't say in that report. Okay. But okay. Um, but as in, I can't right now verify my daughter because she didn't say that to me. That was 30 minutes. She just said he stared okay. off and that type deal. Okay. So okay. she thought maybe it was a little odd. Right, because we're just sitting there um, in that interrogation room trying to think of anything. We right, think of. Yeah. That's the only thing she can come up with. Yeah, okay. Right. And, and of course, they hear It wasn't that. like the day before, because the day before she saw um, Daniel, before he went missing, and she didn't okay, have fine. anything to say. Yeah, or oh, he was okay. acting odd or strange. So, so they've obviously are going to make note of that, because right, it kind of fits the right, fit that narrative. Right. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Okay. Especially with, with sort of the next thing, sort of in the timeline, on June 12th, yeah. 2021, Daniel was delivering for Instacart. Right. He got an order to drop off some alcohol at a customer's house in Levine, Arizona, um, which is a suburb of Phoenix. And the person who answered the door was a young woman named Caitlin. Um, and Caitlin and her friend were drinking that night. And when they went to answer the door, they struck up a conversation with Daniel. And according to the report, it says the girl said that Daniel seemed really nice and they invited him inside and they exchanged numbers. Does that sound... You know, I, 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 you know, that's the hard. I smile at that because my smile sometimes be pain. Yeah, yeah. Anger and stuff yeah. like that a little bit sometimes. Yeah. Um. So don't get that confused. Um. The problem with that, this whole narrative about this young lady is I know the story and I, I had to listen to it all the time. I Somehow, I record everything. I just put it out there. When I have phone calls, all my business calls, all recorded, right? And this time, I, I know it had to be God because I don't record my family and, you know, friends or things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was able to have the full conversation with my son. And God have a way of making things like that happen. I had to listen to this thing over and over and over. Because this, this, um, I try to look for any kind of clues. And um, uh, my son have never, first of all, I'm going to tell you, it was wine. Um, I think in some of the, in the uh, reports, they make it sound like some liquor. Yeah, or something. yeah. Like this, no, but these wine. women had uh, wine, right? Okay. And uh, my son did mention the two young ladies. Um, and like I can't share a little conversation with that. Uh, he was present. Hey, he kind of brushed over. Hey, Dad, I met these. Um, he said some. He was talking about the love thing, kind of curious. And then he went into um, um, about the young lady. He kind of brushed over it a little bit, like, "Oh yeah, you know, I just met this, um, you know, these, this young lady, blah blah." And um, he just kind of kept going. So I back and I was like, "Wait a minute, wait a minute," because I was just curious as a father, yeah, like, yeah. "Oh, you talking about some girl?" Because I'm just listening to him. Yeah. And then uh, he says, um, um, "Yeah, he." Because I asked how you met him. Uh, to make a long story short, and um, he said, "How you how you met this young lady?" He said, "Oh, it's the weirdest way, is through Instacart and whatever." Mm-hmm. And that's when I really kind of understood. I said, "Hey, you doing Instacart? What's uh, that all about?" Okay, <laughs> so, okay, yeah. So, but you know, but but just then the conversation at the time, I was really trying to put in pieces uh, what he was talking about because he was you know, mentioning it. Um, he's been at night over there, and that's when I stopped as a father, and I'm like, "Okay, well, let's back that up. You met some two young ladies." Then um, you bring him some alcohol, uh, some wine. That he said somebody messed up the wine order, and oh, okay. uh, he kind of fits the order for him. And 
They had mm. some type of conversation, and then he ended up spending the night over there with them. And you know, and then you know, he went through the whole process of uh, how he left his canopy over there, and he had to come back. I think I don't know if it was a couple of days or something, but come back to get his canopy out of her backyard. And so I kind of cut him off, like, "Wait a minute, son. So you telling me that you're uh, going to spin out some woman house that you don't even know like that? You know, that was my yeah. concern. Sure, you're as like, a father because yeah. um, you know I was young too, young yeah. man. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the smartest things is not to be spending night at somebody's house. You know, right. they got a husband boyfriend or whatever the case yeah. may be um i told him not being honest i say son um you sleep and next thing you wake up you got a gun to your head or something you never know yeah. and uh he said well i know she's she's um um that's her house because i said how you know she that's her house he's like oh i know it's, it's her house because um i guess where the house look and i said that's you're too smart to be a, saying something dumb like that yeah, <laughs> that don't make yeah. sense to me yeah um you know I'm, I'm looking back high side but that's that's some of the conversation we had that's that don't make sense to me like you think that uh, because of the way the house is, she likes to take. Then I start asking, well, asking questions. Of course, as a father, um, where did she work? Um, then I asked her name. He did tell me her name was Caitlin. I was like, Yeah, my neighbor's name is Caitlin. You know, so, right? So, yeah. You know, because I do have a neighbor, and she probably get mad at me, but saying that, but uh, <laughs> I do have a neighbor back in South Carolina named Caitlin. So I'm like, Oh, that's, I still said, Well, tell me more about her. You know, and he was, he was pretty much uh, telling me how he met her, and they had a little conversation and. Like I said, of course, um, spending a night or whatever. And, and so it was just kind of a friendly hangout? Just, just that type thing. And He just uh, kind of was like, she's cute. You know, let's just kind of talk. Yeah, it was talk, never like he was other. in love with her or anything. I, I didn't hear much about the other lady, just that she was there. Okay. Um, I didn't um, get a name or anything from my, uh, from my son or anything like that. But, um, but I do know some other lady was there also um, in, that, in that contest. Yeah. Okay. So what Canopy, is that? Is that something? Is that part of the? Gym? I have his canopy now. Um, I didn't know exactly what type of canopy he had, but I have it. It's something he used right for his job too, because um, he's in the middle of nowhere. That that oh. will sit there. It's canopy to keep the sun off of. Him, gotcha. Okay. There. Okay. Right. That makes sense. Can't, we were kind of right, confused about what that was. It's a little portable. Can just stands about this tall. Folds up. Throw it in. Right. Okay. okay. And, gotcha. Um, so he just used that for that. But yeah, he went. Um, he told me that he, um, like I said, spent the night with her and things like that, and and that he pretty much left and end up leaving his canopy and mm-hmm. then i asked him wait i did didn't ask him the question about the canopy because in my mind i was thinking about it also he said I, her, my canopy was in her backyard and in my mind like what he was doing in the backyard with a yeah. canopy you know yeah. in my mind i just couldn't put Not that up. i didn't ask yeah. him that right so i don't know the reason why he had a canopy in the backyard but yes so the report says that she sent him a podcast at 2.30 in the morning. Do you know anything about this podcast? I heard about the podcast, yeah, because matter of fact, he did tell me about the podcast um, which that she sent to him. He said, oh, some kind of podcast. I didn't really pay that in mind when he was telling me, but he said something, some kind of YouTube thing she gave him. Okay. And uh, he sent me a link to it and uh, said she said he had some kind of ego or something. And I said, no, you don't have no ego. You know, oh. he's really, dang it, like I said, his personality, he's very sure of himself, mm-hmm. confident, confident guy and it may come off as an ego you know what I'm saying mm. but no he's very confident in himself and I was like the conversation we had was like why she think you have an ego mm. you know what I'm saying so that was sure. one of the conversations we had uh, about about her about the young lady so the the podcast was by Eckhart Tolle right um who's a you know sort of a a spiritual teacher but alter you know sort of a alternative view on spirituality, he has his own right. sort of uh, thoughts and feelings about it. Which I was going to ask you, 
did you raise him Christian? Was that like some, did he go to church? Was that yes, sort of yes. what was instilled from? Right. Yeah. Okay. He's Christian. Yeah, right. So, that way. so, cause when I look at that, I I came from a, a Christian background as well. And, you know, I'm familiar with Eckhart Tolle as well. And it's in, what's interesting to me about that is because, you know, he's raised with these beliefs and then he's meets this girl and perhaps that night they had some type of deep conversation or talk or maybe she was sharing her personal beliefs with him um and maybe that got him thinking perhaps or questioning things maybe his own faith or sort of you know where he's at in his life and right. and what what's your kind of thoughts about that? Do you think that's possible? Or? Yeah, that's possible. Okay. I, I believe that's you know because um you know they, and I want to say one thing too. They you know I think the report kind of some people ask me like like they almost met one night and then the next day this happened. No, they they knew each other for a little while. Um, for her to know that you know, and her oh, pain okay. to have an ego first of all. Yeah. Oh, so she, and, he didn't meet her that night. He met her before this night. No, no, no. I'm no, after, they, they met after. Yeah. The, but oh. I'm saying they've been talking uh, from that night um, that they first met for a while. Okay. Before he so they had missing. a connection. They right, right. Connection. It was something like overnight that he uh, uh, met her and then he went missing. No, it didn't right. go that way. So they no. know each other for a little bit first. You know, so at least over okay. almost two weeks span. I see what you're saying. And uh, so, um, uh, but that's yeah, I can I can believe that can be some um, um, things because he was mentioning it to me about it. So you know, hey, look, yeah. just send me this podcast and he sent yeah. me the part the copy right. of it. And uh, um, so I listened to it. I didn't see, like you say, it's alter- alternate um, about ego mm. and things like this. So I said, mm, mm, I wonder, telling your own story or something out of the, what he was saying. Okay. And uh, so I didn't see any reference to that being him. Going. So you had listened to it before he had even gone missing. Right. Wow. Right. Interesting. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Cause it's, it's, it's interesting. I was, I was kind of looking at refreshing myself on some of his stuff and and a lot you know a lot of it's like self-help kind of it's like right, a, it's right. it's spiritual but it's also a lot of self-help right uh advice and guidance about how to live your you know truest self right. and you know the happiest version of you um so it's interesting because i mean from your perspective and from everything that we know about daniel he was living the way that he wanted to live he was doing everything that he wanted to do so it'd be uh, and the reason I'm hitting this so hard is because to me it seemed like, based on the police's narrative and report, the fact that they even put this in there and was it sort of a night of revelation where you know he realized, am I living my truest self? Am I living the way that I want to live? Am I doing the things I want to do? You know, did meeting her sort of switch that in some way? And also. Yeah, <laughs> I hope it's. I mean, I say I hope so because um, I know a lot of people probably do listen to. I'm not. I'm think Daniel the only one, you know. Yeah, so yeah. A lot of people probably improved on their lives in some form or fashion. Um, you know, uh, the same way I was raised up. I was raised up Christian, also. Um, uh, uh, it's called Pentecostal holiness, mm-hmm. and I'm not doing some of those things. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I kind of graduated from sure uh, yeah. what I grew up, you know, believing into what I believe now. So, um, but I'm not going missing for it, you know, right, <laughs> right, type deal. Right. So. Yeah, I think, but I think in the betterment of life, any kind of inspiration for some people may work yeah. uh, that way. So I'm not going to down um, the podcast at all because I don't know okay. his full teaching. I just know that one um, type mm-hmm. deal that, that, that I listen right, to. Right, right. Yeah, it's not like it's, there's a lot more off the wall sort of, you know, people out there that, that sort right, of do right. similar things to what he does and right. they're more radical sort of views and things like that. And right. And he's really not that that type of person right um so 
I, I, cause for me, I'm like, I see where they're trying to put that in yeah, there yeah, and like, sort of like, Oh, right. well maybe, you know, especially when we talk about the monastery and, and all that, right. Yeah, you know, I kind of see the connections they're trying to draw there, but they're very, very, really right. yeah, I, I can understand, um, in a sense where you're trying to find out what happened, but at the same time, um, I'm hoping that, uh, in my point of view that, you know, some of the things I believe. Uh, about my own son, you know, yeah, <laughs> uh, should also fit into um, absolutely their report also. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. So, from the twelfth of June to June fourteenth, like you said, it's almost two weeks go by, and we probably have a very small snippet of text messages yes. between yes. them. And of course, the text messages that we do have are ones that they're raising questions about and are kind of odd, I guess. So on June fourteenth at seven nineteen p.m., Daniel texted caitlin that he accidentally left his canopy outside of her house um he asked when he can come by and get it and that's when he told her that the podcast she sent him was great and then she said you know come pick it up whenever and then the next day on june 16th daniel drove to caitlin's house knocked on the door and left when nobody answered and caitlin saw him come up to the house on her security camera she texted daniel and told him that she was out in flagstaff and would be home that night and she'd leave the canopy at the front of her house before leaving for work the next morning then the text started to get weird and Daniel sent Caitlin a heart emoji and texted her, I'm sorry. Which again, I'm just reading what's from the report. Right. I don't think that's necessarily no. weird. I don't know why weird. Well, I'm gonna give you a little bit of yeah. what Daniel said Please do. to me yeah. personally. Yeah. yeah. Um he told me that that um about the um mercy sent a text saying, Don't come over here uninvited. Um he did tell me he went to go pick up his canopy. He said he pretty much with the things that he texted her. And this is what he's telling me before this whole police report. Yeah. Said, uh, before he even went missing. Um, he he did test her and say, hey, you know, he needs his canopy. She didn't answer, but he knew where he left it in her backyard, which was easy to grab. Yeah, I'll he just, just went, grab it real quick. Just went on out in the backyard pretty much on his own accord mm-hmm. and grabbed it and left. And that's when she tested him, hey, don't come up under here. She uh, said, here, please uninvited. stop showing up unannounced. Is that yeah, that's the, he did tell me that she said, um, don't come up here uninvited or something out of the other okay. um, on the text message. Uh, but he said, because I asked him, like, well, okay. Where that came from, he said she had some type of ring type camera or something. She saw him. Okay. Uh, right. Okay. To grab his canopy. But and he, he, had, said, he okay. needed for his job. And he had to, he just, she wouldn't answer. So he went to go it's get outside. it. It's outside. Right. Right. It's outside in the backyard. He didn't have any ill intention by doing that. No, no. As far as I can tell, no. Yeah. And he responded and said, okay, I won't ever again. Right. And then it said in the report that he also said, I couldn't stop thinking about you. And you know, and if, if I think for me as a father, not, I, some people say I'm biased, but at the same time, I'm a person, like I told you, we break down everything. Right. And um, for, I try to think of my son as somebody else for just, just for the sake of that. And um, I think like if um, for a person to say something like that, it had to be more conversation, right? Mm-hmm. You don't come off and say, oh, if he said, I love you, which I yeah. really don't really believe all of that. But okay. um, one thing that I've learned since I've been doing this is uh, going over the port. And I have my son's phone. And uh, one of the biggest things that struck me when the Buckeye Police Department released that phone to me um, is it been stripped of the memory card. It been stripped of everything oh, between wow. the conversation between him and the young lady, mm. all her pictures out of his phone. The only thing that was still in the phone was her name and her, her phone number. All that stuff was stripped out of the phone for whatever reason. Then that department allowed this woman to upload her own her own hearsay is it like a hearsay yeah her okay. own side of the story until their report okay but if you look at their report and you look at those timelines really closely you'll start seeing the you know how a test must say um on let's say june 23rd i'm using the date june 23rd 
at such such time and they have whatever they said. And then even if it's the same day, say June 23rd at such such time, then the next thing right. they said, if you look at it real close, you'll start seeing that thing start changing. It start have no time stamp. Mm. Is, oh, he said this. She said that. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. If you really look at that report really good, she okay. uploaded that herself. The other part is that uh, oh. my son's account is not there. But I can tell you from the phone record, they talked a lot more than just what's on yeah. that text message. Right. Yeah. So a lot of it's missing. So that's what I'm kind saying. So I don't know what they what the real conversation was. She said he, she loved him and he said, oh, I love you. Or I do not know. And so we still don't know only because um, a lot of stuff is not there. And did he tell his sister he loved her? No, no, no. no. And she's, okay. she's us, me and her, is up, we were both upset about that. And I really asked in the Buckeye Police Department to retract that. Where that, where I that never come said from? anything like that. She never said anything like that. Because so. the, okay. way, the way that they frame this makes yeah. him look like he's kind of being stalkerish. Right. stalkerish and, yeah. and, and, and that, that hurt like, my feelings when the police officer yeah. came to me and said that to me. I was really like, mm. you know, and, and it's funny, if they say I was being biased, I actually had to sit back and like, say, I, I don't believe that, but I, I, I couldn't say wholeheartedly right. my son didn't do this. Right. So I was like kind of considering like, okay, well, let me make sure my son didn't do this. You know, because mm-hmm. he, if he was doing that, I, I'm a strong advocate of, about women, you know, um, being treated a certain way. And I'm like, oh, no, even if yeah. he's my son, you know, yeah. right. he's not going to treat a woman that way or, or bother her that way. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that was the first indication for me to make sure that, you know, um, he wasn't doing that. But then I thought about it again. No, when I started getting more evidence with the phone and things like that, no, I don't believe that. So some of these text messages that they have written down in the report, they haven't been pulled actually from phone records. They've just been hearsay, essentially. Is, that's right. Okay. Not actual phone record. They literally, um, okay. from the report, he went to talk to the young lady um, and literally told her to update, what gave her, I guess, some kind of um, way you update your stuff into the file or whatever. Huh. She did it herself. Right? Oh, wow. Okay. Self, um, so you, you haven't gotten the... Their actual cell phone records with I have records, but the records we have is only say they test, you know, back and forth, but don't say the content. What it was. Right, what it was. So that's right. what I'm saying. It's, it's, oh, so wow. you match those together with the police report. Doesn't it don't match, match up. up. Yeah. Right. So there's right. a lot of missing conversation. Right. And there. the police department don't have my son's um phone records no matter what they say on the report. Um they literally uh, I wish I had my phone with you with yeah. me, but they literally sat across from me and my daughter and um she she heard the phone was in her name, so mm-hmm. she was able to go pull it up, um, his content, and kind of, I mean, where the phone record, and she held on this side, they sit on one side of the table, and we're strolling down the phone thing, and they saying that's what they call getting the phone report. Literally holding it up in front of their face, and they're oh looking gosh. at it, and that was it. Wow. You know, wow. Right? So they never that's got paper copies from us you know, to this okay. date. Never asked for it. But it's they written in the report warrant. as if it's as what They play word exactly. games, and I don't like okay. that. That's, yeah. that's You'll see that all through the report. And that's yeah. what made this really confusing and why it's right. so great to have right. you to, here to clarify right. this. word games. I, yeah. I already know that, yes. So the text messages we have in here are essentially from it's, Caitlin. It's self, yeah, she yeah. self self-upload, um, yes. Okay, and she uploaded them. They're not she just, uploaded okay. it, right, that's right. Okay. That's what I'm saying. She, she uploaded and they let her put it in the report. And have you ever met Caitlin? No, I haven't. No, okay, no, haven't. so you've never been able to I'm, I'm clarify I'm sure I don't either. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I don't want to okay. meet her. Okay. I mean, I, I, when I say it that way, I have my reasons why, uh, especially my investigation part of now I don't okay. want to meet her. Okay. I let my investigator do that. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so your investigator has met with her? Not, I don't know. As far as I know, I'm, oh. I'm not sure. No. My, okay. my former, yes, he did, but the, mm. my new investigator, I don't know. Did Daniel talk to Devisha about the podcast or is that? I believe so. I know he just talked to me about it, but I'm, I'm not sure if he actually talked to her about it. 
but she said she heard about it. So yeah, okay. obviously, yeah. Most, so so if that's the case, then that that sort of affirms that he was thinking hard about that. Like right. they definitely, right. she must she showed him this, and it something clicked with him, and he was interested in it, and and it may have just been oh, it's just another way to look now, at I life. Because um, he also in that conversation, that last conversation with me, he brought it up. So I mean, he's like, oh, yeah. she think I had this ego, right. yeah, something out of other and. My man could say, no, you know, have like again, you know, have ego, he's just confident, right? Confident in himself. And I know my son, so yes. And it doesn't have to go farther than that, though. Right. No, this no, is, I don't yeah, think so. and because it's just but he did want to kind of, I guess, I can tell he wanted to make sure that he, why she said yeah, because I want to know why she was saying he have ego, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah. let's let's examine yeah. that a little bit, you know, yeah. <laughs> that type deal, right? And right. so I had to reassure to him, it's not an ego; it's you're just confident in yourself. So when he was telling you about that, did he? talk to you about this girl like did he say it was this girl named caitlin and uh did he ever say we were they were in a relationship or was it just a no it is girl he liked things. in there yeah, he, it, no he didn't say he, he liked didn't her. say she he, liked he, her okay. he said it was that they spent the night there mm-hmm. and, and he got up the next day and he was gone and then he realized he left his canopy and okay in her backyard and i was like okay why is canopy in the, i was thinking that in my head but i didn't say it here i wanted to break that down right but I didn't get a chance to figure out why the canopy, what you, what you were doing in the backyard, yeah, you know, that yeah. type deal. And this was the conversation you had on Father's Day, June 20th. Is that correct? It was on, um, on Father's Day. I, I don't know. It could have been Father's Day. I don't, <laughs> yeah, been. I don't keep up with Father's Day, yeah. so it could have been. Okay. Um, right. But it was two days prior, yes. Okay. Because Caitlin basically said that Daniel texted her, I love you, and asked if she was home. This was on June 20th. And then she texted Daniel, honestly, you showing up at my house and unannounced made me extremely uncomfortable. I'll be home today, but I don't see us hanging out anytime soon. So I didn't learn about that stuff until after you went missing. Yeah. But that, she was saying that's when I was saying I was hearing that from the officers. And right. that really concerned me as a father. You know, mm-hmm. like I said, I, I look at the young lady at the time, like she could have been my daughter's. And mm-hmm. some guy was saying that, you know, that type deal. Yeah. Um, so I was yeah. like, mm, let me make sure my son didn't do that. Much as I want to think my son wouldn't say something like that, I had to kind of throw myself in that little small area right. and say, what if he did that? Then I need to, you know, find out why, you know, that type deal. Right. Which, again, right. doesn't necessarily mean anything or that he was right. being malicious or. Right. I mean, it could have just yeah. been a a natural attraction connection to this girl. And they had a really interesting conversation. You know, they right. stayed yeah. stayed up right. all night talking or whatever. And, and maybe he wanted there to be more there and they're. You know, well, just, I can say my son, he's been dealing with a lot of young ladies, of course, in college, um, mm-hmm. yeah. in his college life. And I don't think this one particular uh, lady is going to be exclusively different. Uh, what I'm saying is, uh, uh, yeah, he's a young man and maybe he did like her. I don't know. He didn't express it to me like that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe he did like her or something. But what caused him to like her? He, he's around a lot of females in college. And uh, what's the difference to mm-hmm. me? You know, what made her? She had to say something. You know, he's not a guy that's going to say, oh, I'm just lacking this girl for no reason they had they spent the night together yeah. um i don't know what was said that night when they spent the night together i don't know yeah. what was said during the week because we missing those messages right so right. um i don't know why you know she can have that select thing to say oh oh i love you out, out of blue mm-hmm. but what's the response to that or what was what why, why did he say that you know that yeah. type of deal so those are the kind of questions i ask um if if it's true you know what I'm saying right what mm-hmm. caused that what was right there's got to be another right. side to it right. that it we're just be, not right. seeing right because because mm-hmm. i know my son he's he's a, a brilliant mind 
young man and he's level-headed. I can see him just randomly throwing this, out. Yeah, this, he's just all in love and and, and stalking some woman. Now, I, um, and there's nothing coming back. He like women yeah. in, in college and he, I ain't seen him do nothing. Like, yeah. Nobody ever expressed anything like that. So. Even in the response that's written down, it says, okay, but do you have any doubt? Either way, I'll have to be okay with your answer, which to me sounds very respectful. And, and that's where it gets down to um, when I examine that report where it's missing those timestamps. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I'll say, if you look at right. it, if that's almost like, um, I'm not accusing and saying that, but I'm really doing my investigation on that part. Okay. Is, um, you know, you can use apps to add yeah. um, text messages to, uh, to a text Change timestamps. Right. And, and if you look at it, um, the whole format of where, right. the, the, where it came in, where she uploaded it, when it comes to those certain things that they said, he said, it changed. It don't have a timestamp. So if you really look at the report really clearly, you can see that because she uploaded it now. Yeah. So it's missing those timestamps, and it's like it was, it was added added mm. to that. So so you can't you can't take any of this as like fact or this is like a hundred percent what happened or how the conversation. But went. we will because I have the phone yeah, um, analyzed now that. and nothing to actually get deleted. So um, when when that comes out, uh, I will play paste those uh, realities based on his phone record and also what's on his phone. Um, okay. And see what what I can get off that phone to, yeah, uh, to gotta, match up. There's got to be more there, has, right? Yeah, exactly. There's more to that story with her for sure. Yeah. Okay, so who is Luke? Luke is a uh, one of Daniel's friends from college, also, okay. and uh, he he was um, in New York, I believe. Now, yeah. Okay, but, so but I think came he came out. back here too. So okay, uh, well, Arizona. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he came out to visit with Daniel the weekend of the twentieth, right? And he didn't notice Daniel acting odd at all. Because he probably was wasn't acting odd. Yeah, I, I don't know. I didn't talk to Luke um, okay. myself, so I don't know. He, um, I just hear certain things. A lot of that stuff, if it's in the report like that, um, I didn't talk to Luke personally, so I okay. wouldn't know. Well, it just okay. shows that they're trying to mm-hmm. find more evidence of him acting odd, so they go and mm-hmm. ask his friend if he was acting odd. And, right. His friend um, says no, says according no. to the report. Right. So then on the 21st, uh, Roger came into work and noticed that Daniel was in the office and he rarely came in the office because he's out in the field. Um, but not only that, Daniel had cut his hair. And Roger said that he knew that Daniel had actually been trying to grow his hair out. When Roger tried talking to him, his responses were very short and dry. He asked him what was wrong, but Daniel didn't give much of an answer. And Roger knew something was wrong at that point. That's, You know, I can't argue with Roger um, on from a friend standpoint. Sure, because, yeah. you know, sometimes your children will have a friend and they might talk about some things that I probably wouldn't just know as a parent. But at the same time, when it comes to his hair now, I could say, man, Daniel always changing his hair. So yeah. Yeah. I really don't understand that part. Cause um, yeah. um, when I saw him at his sister's wedding, he had his, they had them, um, I don't know what you call those, almost like dreads to me, my, mm-hmm. my opinion. Sure. Um, and I'm like, when you grew that, you know, cause <laughs> yeah. usually have his hair cut short. So mm. um, he goes back and forth all the time. So I could, you look at pictures um, uh, that I have out there. Long one moment, short one. No, so I, I don't, I don't see any. May not be any significance right. to that. Right. Okay. So the two of them also went to breakfast, and Roger had asked Daniel if he was having problems with a girl. According to the report, Daniel said that there was a girl he liked, but that person didn't know he existed. I don't know. I can't speak for that. Okay. I don't so it's just take, what, take what he said. said. Right. Yeah, I okay. would take that because I don't, I don't know what he said to Roger. Right. So. Right. Yeah. yeah so. Just take it for what it is. Just and, take it what it is. Yeah. yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. he could have said that. I don't know. Roger also said in the report um, that Daniel was asking him a lot of questions and 
bringing up different statements such as, do you believe in miracles? Maybe you should start believing in miracles. And then maybe brought up something about God or religion. I can believe it because he's, he's been raised up by yeah. believing in miracles. Um, um, one thing is uh, my children know a story that, um, about faith. You know, saying I teach my children about faith. I believe in faith mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, miracles and stuff like that. So, you know, I wouldn't doubt he uh, yeah. was trying to convince somebody else about miracles. Would kind of make sense. Because um, I'm telling him that. Right. right he right also there. said he said something about ego, wanting to get rid of his ego. Ego is right. bad. And that kind of aligns with what he was saying to, to you. Right. It right. could have been, right. Yeah. So that seems like something he really could yeah. have said. Yeah. Right. So then the two of them went back to work. And a short time later, Daniel left the office with a box and he didn't say bye to Roger. Do you know anything about the box or? No, this is the first time I've heard it. Uh, okay. No, I'm not sure. Which I mean, that, that could just be yeah. something for work or in the office that he had to grab. That's why he went there. I mean, yeah. well, you know, and I do know um, when I talked to Matrix, um, you know, I had several meetings with them when I first got here. Um, they, they told me that they, like you say, they, like Roger would say, they rarely ever seen him in the office, you know. Um, even coming up to that day, they haven't seen him in the office. So that's why I was trying to figure out when they say old coworkers were saying he was acting strange. Or, like, but he wasn't even in the office. That's what they told me. Right. And um, uh, personally, they told me that in the board meeting. Um, but at the police report, it says something different. They talked to these coworkers, specialists. Um, um, I think it's Steve Miller or something like that. Hmm. I have never met him, and I've been up there a lot. But I know of Nathan Miller, for instance, um, he's uh, uh, one of um, my, my son's boss. And I'm like, I asked him, I'm like, who is this? He's always oh, one of the guys that work here and never met him. He's like kind of hidden. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So um, so I see these names and uh, and they say things. But at the same time, they're literally telling me that they wasn't even off. They hadn't seen him in a long yeah, while. Yeah, I was say, how can you But even... then I heard Roger say on a report saying that he came through the office. I'm like, mm, they're telling me two different things. Right. So okay. Interesting. Huh? Yeah. So maybe we'll go through some of this part of the timeline a little later, just for the sake of time, um, as far as what Daniel and Roger had said and just some of this other stuff from right. the report. Well, and, right. and uh-huh. also text messages that yeah. went through. Because, I mean, now we know that the text messages are not, this is not pulled from, right. you know, no, official record. No, it's not they actually pull, like, actually, they, they call it a non-criminal case, so they can't get a warrant and pull okay. it from so pull her. It, right. right, so they had to rely on her uploading herself and give them what, it. Yep. what um, they didn't take her phone for instance and say yeah hey let me get your phone and took it so she could have been like let me yeah. um, right edit right. these around right. a little bit and delete around this. Get some, right exactly i don't know i'm not verbally gonna say i could accuse her of it right. but i have my suspicions you know right. because of everything i know um, from an investigative standpoint and from my son's record it don't match up that's all i can say from facts yeah it don't match up so we know based on surveillance footage that daniel arrived at the waffle house in tempe is it Tempe? Tempe. Tempe, yes. okay. <laughs> and that was at 6.02 p.m., is that? It sounds about right. Yeah. Okay. It sounds about right. Okay, and this was around the time that your daughter said she started getting Daniel's emergency texts? Yes, and that's 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 the truth on that one, yeah. Okay. Um, my daughter told me, she called me about it. Okay, Yeah. so what did these text messages say that he sent well, to her? Well, she called me because she was uh, worried about Daniel. Um, I didn't know they have this thing where, because uh, it's only them two. Um, in Phoenix, and where he's in Tempe, she's in Phoenix. Yeah. Um, at that point, and um, they had this thing I found out where if something, because they don't want to rely on each other, something was to go wrong, they supposed to be able to test something, and they'll know. Okay. Right. They do. Something's it's up. It's like a safety yeah. mechanism. Safety sure. Word. So he did this yeah. thing and um um say it's emergency. I guess that's the code word or something. I guess. 
And he did that. And um, okay. so she got worried and then she called him. He didn't answer. So she freaked out and called me about yeah. it. And I said, well, go to his apartment and you know, check his apartment. She did go there and his, his car was there. And, but he wasn't there, you know what mm-hmm. I'm So to make a long story with that, um, um, come to find out he was went to the Waffle House, he says, when he, because while she was there um, at his apartment, um, he showed up and I heard over the phone. He, he said, where you was at? You know, kind of yell him. Um, and uh, he said, oh, I just went to the Waffle House. Um, and he called a uh, bus or something out of it. And then he called an Uber back or something out of it. And she was trying to figure it out why he did that. Um, but they ended up getting off the phone later. Um, they told me that um, 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 he was pulling a Daniel when he said, well, he said he, said he was pulling a Daniel. She asked, why are you put a mercy, mercy? He said, I was just pulling a Daniel. Daniel, that means that I was giving a mercy just to see how fast you'll react. That's mm-hmm. it. That's pretty much how that goes. Okay. Okay. And right. so the waitress at the Waffle House reported, according to the police report, that Daniel seemed out of it, skittish, and off, and that he didn't respond when she tried to make conversation with him. And she'd seen Daniel at the restaurant before, and his behavior that particular day was different. Is that correct? You know, and that's, that, that's not correct. And the reason why I say that's not correct because Daniel only been in a Waffle House one time. Oh, really? Yeah, that's what you told um, um, my daughter and myself. He okay. only been there one time, only once. It's not he's a regular customer. Yeah, I was going to say. We that. didn't even know yeah. that he was, uh, they had a Waffle yeah. House in, um, in, te- uh, in Arizona. Okay. We have him in South Carolina. And uh, was actually like, you actually have a Waffle House there? He's like, yeah, I went to this. He found one um, near. So that's what I'm saying. That's the only time you ever been to that Waffle House. So okay. it was like you regular customer for the right, right. Right. Hmm. but I do want to throw out in my investigation I'm not going to really can go deep into it mm-hmm. but I can tell you that I was given I was told there was uh, actually um, the Buckeye Police Department detective told me they received the videotape and they explained oh your son was there for a little time ate and then he just left pretty much right Okay. Uh, but what they did is they never gave me I asked them for a copy of that videotape they never gave me a video co- copy of anything but it did is gave me some pictures, still pictures of the video. And I thought that was very strange. Yeah. But I can tell you, and I'm just going to put it out um, um, seriously. Um, they have a lot of questions about those still video because of the time, the time. They have to answer for a lot. Of, he was there for a while. Yeah. But it's um, they're going to answer for some little smaller areas in there that's not accounted for. Okay. I just put it like that, um, that I'm really looking into. Um, Buckeye had to answer that. So uh, if what I see it indicates that maybe somebody else was there with them. So oh. that's the thing I'm, I'm looking into right now. Okay. Yeah. Right. Trying to figure out. Right. Just by the pictures, I think they, they think I'm not smart enough to look at timestamps and things like yeah. that. And on the picture itself. And um, um, it's some more, some more details to that video and him being there than what they're putting out in the public. Not what? Yes. Because they said he left the Waffle House at 710. Right. And, and you know, <laughs> yes. And you That's don't. what they're saying, and it's yeah, it's, it's yeah. He he did at one point. He, well, I, I'm about to put some things out, but yeah, it's 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 some more to that, and I will be okay. putting that out I was pretty soon. Say, yeah, I but, mean, okay. I'm just thinking too, like the fact that he didn't drive himself there, right? That's yeah, that's kind of suspicious because you're right. like, well, yeah. you're just going to Waffle House, you're not going to the bar, you know, yeah. this is right. You're just Strange. grabbing some food, unless but you don't. There's a lot more to that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I really um, have answers to mm. that. I mean, like detail of who and that type deal. So you know who was also there. Right, but I do know um, it's, it's in some indication that somebody else was there with him. Right? Okay, that would so make he, sense. Right. So it was a, almost a meeting right. going on there. Mm. Pretty much, right. Okay. Okay, and then Davisha saw him at his apartment at some point in the night, maybe around between 7 and 8. Does that um, sound right? 
I can't remember. She called me about it, and okay. I was like, I said, I was on the phone, and she said, Dad, I'll call you back because I hear him but in the background did, okay. explaining why. So she did at, see right. him that night. Uh-huh. Okay. So that brings us to June 23rd. Um, Daniel got up, got ready to go to his job site that he had never been to this job site before. He also had been meeting with a coworker that day for the first time. Um, and then they were going to be testing groundwater in a remote location in Buckeye, about 45 miles southwest of Phoenix. Is that correct? Yes. Um, yeah, that's the, he met him out there. Right. And that, I do know that because his phone record, uh, he called and even text to um, find out how to get to that location. Um, um, Ken did meet him on, on the road okay. out there and uh, uh, he directed him. Daniel's following him in, into that well site. Yes. Okay. Okay. So the timeline per the report kind of goes like this at around 626 AM, Daniel left his home in Tempe and drove to a shell station in Buckeye Surveillance footage from the Shell station showed that Daniel was there from 7 a.m. to 7.03 a.m. He bought $3.83 worth of gas, so basically a gallon. That was on his um, bank statement that we told them, right? They didn't actually see that, like I said, going on the phone like this. So that's where they get that from. Uh You think it was just enough to get out there? He wouldn't put $3 in an SUV. And 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 one of the things I asked for, they say they have surveillance, right? And I asked for those surveillance pictures or like they did. They would not release that to me or show me anything. And so that made me suspicious to they know uh, more and who really pumped that gas. I, I really have questions about that. Mm. So, and why they would say just $3, some change or whatever yeah. it was mm-hmm. um, of gas. That don't make sense to me with my son. He's, he, he don't, if his tank was almost that full, he's not going to cap it off at $3. Yeah. Or if he was empty, he's, he know. Why would you? Yeah. yeah. Who would yeah. do that? Right. It wouldn't work, work out. But, uh, I, well, I'm let y'all keep going down. I have something to say. I, was I, say, I know I, it's coming on too. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm sure there's more, more to that. So then Daniel right. drove to a job site about a mile south of the Shell station and took two photos of some work logs. And it's unknown when exactly Daniel left this particular job site. That's the first one off of Brattle. Right? Okay. So then at eight ten a.m., Daniel sent a text message to his coworker. Daniel then eventually headed to the second job site. He drove north on Sun Valley Parkway and turned into Cactus Road to get there. And just to note that text message has been redacted in the police report. So we're not. Uh, you know, aware. I don't know what the text message were, but I can't tell you from his wrong phone record. They had just, it wasn't just one text. They had uh, 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 Daniel, okay. Daniel called him. He didn't answer. He called Daniel. Daniel must have, but then when they did have a call, they had like a 30 second call. And then it was a text message. And then it was, you know, it was coming back and forth before you even got to Sun Valley Parkway. Right. Okay. okay. Then he followed the dirt road one mile west, turned into another dirt road, and drove about 2,000 feet north to uh, the job site. And he arrived there at approximately 9 a.m. That's what it says, right? Yep. And then after he arrived, he met his coworker there. It would just be the two of them working together that day. Daniel was wearing his orange safety vest, and his shoes were untied. The 23rd was a bit of a rainy and cool day, and it looked like more rain was on the way. And so they decided they needed to wait for the storm cell to pass before they could get to work. Um, that day, it rained lightly from around 8 to 11 a.m., and the temperatures were in the low 90s. According to his coworker, at first, everything seemed normal. They talked about the weather and that day's job, but a few minutes later, Daniel started staring off into the desert with a distant look in his eyes. Again, this is from the report, and his coworker just said that Daniel just mm. seemed off, whatever that means. Well, for me, a um, couple of things. Um, and I also heard that they say he was, say he was sleepy or something, something out of other. Yeah. Um, the- According to the report, the coworker also suggested that maybe Daniel was on drugs or that, yeah, he was tired. But right. he noticed, he did note that his pupils weren't dilated. 
he's a medical science, I guess, mm. you know, medical or yeah, I know, right? And he's, he's looking for that real yeah. guy, you know. Yeah. So, right. but anyway, um, the thing is, um, one thing I can say uh, from my perspective, first thing I did when I went to Arizona, from a father to another man, mm-hmm. you know, I had to say it that way. Yeah, is to look this man in the eye and go tell me about my son. Yeah, you yeah. know. He had to tell me the same thing he was telling these cops that yeah. my son just waved off him pretty much and just disappeared and they'll be seen again. I want to see this guy say this to me in my face. Um, so uh, uh, I met him. I went through um, Matrix. Like I said, I was really in constant contact with them. And um, they arranged that uh, for me. Um, right at the next day, I think I got there on the 26th. On the 27th, I was talking to that um, kid. Co-worker. And um, uh, right at that same place where he met my son, on at that gate um, outside on, on Sun Valley Parkway. I didn't go down to the well. I had never been there. But I, I, I can tell you a little bit about that um, that conversation with him. Like I said, he changed his story. That's when you guys hear me talk about. Uh, but they didn't put that in the report. Okay. Um, but I can tell you, um, uh, because of that, what he said, um, uh, when I finally started my own searches, that was the first thing I did is went to the well site. And staying out there, and, and they could tell you the people who was there, I kind of step in different spots in that area. They're probably looking at me like I'm crazy, but I wanted to put myself in my son's yeah. shoes and say, what if he was staring off to? Yeah. And that area where the well was uh, located at the time was, was had heavy um, uh, vegetation. Mm-hmm. And if you're staying off into the desert, like, where is he staring off to? You can't see nothing. Right. I mean, I right. could see the top of the peak of the mountain uh, of um, the White Taint Mountains. You could see above the brush, but he wasn't, I mean, he wasn't staring off. You know, so certain things was kind of, uh, puzzling to me mm-hmm. uh, so you know that's one thing i can say that i wasn't understanding what he got from that and also with the if the buckeye police department had did just a little bit of work just a little bit of work to really try to find out uh, what happened to my son they would um like i said the google history is uh, race over his phone um but i was able to speak to google themselves and they helped me get some of that data back on the oh, phone wow. and i was able to track um some of my son's movement Good for you. And it, 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 it suggests that Daniel was actually working that night. He was working very late. So if he said he was tired, damn right he's tired. Excuse my expression. I'm sure yeah, I say that. yeah. No, but you're good. he's okay. tired um, if he had to go to another job yeah. at yeah. 6 o'clock in the morning and he'd just been working all night. I'll be tired too. And I would go to a worker and say, hey, um, it's raining. He had the power to do that because that's his job. Let's go ahead and close the site down for the day. Let's go back to Arizona, uh, back to Phoenix or whatever the case may be. I'm tired. I'm going to go home and go to sleep. Okay. Simple as that. So, right. totally explainable. To me, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. From what I found out, right. So just because this this comes up uh, again, but what is your understanding as far as drugs with, with your son? Did, did did he ever talk to you about anything that he, he did uh, in that area, or was that something yeah, he never he's, did? Yeah, uh, like I told you, he lived a part of life yeah. in, in so college. So he smoked weed. Sure. You know what I'm saying? I, I, yeah. I, I can say that. Yeah, and I course. used to be angry with him. And that was one of the concerns I had in college. You know, he's mm-hmm. a, he's in fraternity. He's a founder, and him yeah. and his friends they smoke weed and things like mm-hmm. that. And I'm like, man, you better get your your grades. <laughs> yeah. And I was concerned about that as a parent. Yeah. And like I said, he graduated with honors. Um, but um, one of the biggest problems about it, because I think about the conversations here that I have, my arguments with him, um, is uh, he moved to Arizona, and oh my God, the debt is legal here. I was like, no, no, no. <laughs> No, no, no. You know, and, and so he do smoke marijuana. Okay. Um, and, you know, it was evident um, sure. in his apartment. He has his little marijuana things. Yeah. No, right. not, no heavy drugs. Okay. There was no, like, PCP right. that suggested. And yeah, they, they said that. Or whatever the case may be. It was which, not, if it's legal, where stuff. do you get the PCP right. laced marijuana right. from? Because that's, yeah. right. that's the whole point of legalizing is right. you get safe product right. from the store right. and it's regulated versus right. some off-the-street dealer who's lacing right. it with stuff. So, 
when I saw that too, I was like, yeah, it seems pretty unlikely. Seems yeah. like right. kind of threw that in there to, you know, oh, well, you know, he was right. either really high or he smoked something that was laced, right. you yeah. know, so. Right. And even if it was, uh, if, if he had got something laced, um, I would think the police department would look into that as yeah. a criminal. Yeah. yeah. Thing. They need to go out to Test the person that and, who yeah. did that, you right. know, that's a great but, point. It, but they didn't have nothing that says anything was laced. It's nothing ever okay. said anything laced. So essentially we can kind of take the drugs and just put it to the side. I mean, yeah, because even if um, in the vehicle itself, there's no, you know, people when they smoke, they marry, they leave them. Like the roaches. roaches in the, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's nothing suggests any kind of lace. You wouldn't smoke on the job. That. No, no, it, it, nothing in this vehicle, no marijuana in this vehicle yeah. at all. Period. So, okay. so really based upon all that, likely if you stare, the staring off keeps coming into the report and it's like, right. it's likely because he's, Working hard, he's tired. Probably tired. Yes, I mean, that's that's the only thing I can think of. I mean, when I say the Google search thing that he was working on, all I can say his phone was moving around in a certain area, um, back and forth to one of the grocery stores. Uh, so I'm assuming it was Instacart. Okay, so that's what that's what I'm saying. I can, it don't literally say Instacart. That right, it just shows his movements from where he was at to you know mm-hmm. going to different locations. So I'm like, oh, he must be making deliveries. You can tell okay. uh, by the movements of his phone. That right. makes sense. That makes a lot if of they sense. did a little bit of homework, they would have found that out too. Okay, so back to his conversation with his with, coworker. With his coworker, um, apparently Daniel asked his coworker, "Do you want to go rest in Phoenix?" His coworker was confused. He didn't know what Daniel meant by that. Only 15 minutes after Daniel got to the job site, he got into his Jeep, just waved at his coworker, and drove off without saying anything. And That's what I heard, right? Daniel was last seen at around 9:15 a.m. leaving. Uh, the job site. So that's the last anybody saw him was. And last time they said they heard from him, right? Right. And I can tell you um, off the rip in my investigation, that's a lie too. Really? Um, oh yeah, it's, it's some things I wish I can say. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But it, that's a lie too. Um, wow. There's a lot more to that that story. Um, that timeline is way off. Wow. Really? Uh, from okay. my and I'm unless you guys know I am doing my own investigation. Yeah. I have to. Yeah. As a father. No. And, yeah. um, and if the Buckeye Police Department did half the work mm-hmm. I've done so far, mm-hmm. they would know the answers I know already. And, yeah. you know, we've seen that with so many different cases right. where families, you know. And it's hard their, to sit here yeah. every day and, and tell the same story over and over yeah. again. And, and you're like, and it's know wrong, some things it's wrong, I do it's know, wrong. Yeah. And I can't yeah. express that. Yes. Right. Yeah. And, you know, for good reason. It makes right. sense. Yes. But it's helpful to at least know that right. you right. do not agree with this record. I, I do not. Okay. Well, and that's it's also important too, and this is why we like having, you know, family members on, because we only have what we can get our hands on information wise, and and likely that's usually from the police, right, and what they release and what media releases. But but you know, by doing this, hopefully, this shows everybody that you can't always Mm -hmm. trust what you read or what you hear, and that there's more to the story. Yeah, it's a little bit more. I think um, I'm gonna say everything totally in the report be right uh, wrong, like literally. But a lot of um, details and things like this, yep. definitely, you know, um, it is one-sided. Um, they yeah. just have their, their narrative and their theory, and they did digging into it without um, considering everything else I do know now. Right. Right. Do you feel like when something like this happens, somebody disappears, that, and your experience with Matrix, who we worked for, does it feel like everybody sort of shuts down and protects themselves? Or <laughs> was everybody forthcoming with information and was... What was your experience with that? It's hard to tell. Yeah. You know, um, I will tell you um, one thing about being a family member, you make yourself vulnerable because you have to 
you believe, try to believe everything yeah, you can. Yeah. You have to trust something you to, that you, you have to. And, and, and to be honest with you, I have got hurt in a many times. A lot of people don't know what happens in the background. But um, um, when you trust people, however, um, uh, yes, it, 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 you pretty much, you know, like me, I know my child. Um, you know your family members. So you kind of rely on what people say. But at the same time, you kind of, um, like I said, you go back to what you do know. Uh, so it's hard. It's it's a hard balance. It's a hard balance of everything. So because I'm just because some even just like yeah. going through this, I'm just like this doesn't even make sense to me. Yeah. Like there's got to be confusing. more. There's so many places you can poke holes right. in the timeline. And so his coworker just is like, okay, Daniel just left the job site. I guess I should probably call my boss. And Tim, one thing you got to ask yourself in the report: If you're so worried about my son, why didn't you just call him? Right. He have no phone calls. So he left the website and you thinking, hmm, something happened to him. You you did all the stuff. Like I told you the time, like he told me on my face, he told me the same. Is that he almost told it verbatim. I told the police department. But after a while, I had witnesses at this at this point. Um, also, my daughter is one of them. And uh, he told me a different story, d- different timeline. Wow. He said, hey, look, um, your son uh, went missing. Or if I knew his mannerism, I would have known something's wrong or something. Like that. Oh, man, don't. Mm-hmm. Don't blame me. I, I play that game, you know, to um, be friend. That's something we learned in the military. And um, so he started sharing a little bit more. Uh, hey, look, I went to go look for your son. Uh, because of the rain, the tracks got red, red, um, erased or whatever. Right. And um, I followed your son's tracks. But I made sure I stayed to the left of those tracks so I didn't disturb the tracks. Right. And when we got, to, I got to the T. Johnson, you know, he stayed to the left of it. Um, it's going out west. And because uh, he said, look, I didn't disturb it because I knew the police going to come and this thing going to get national and it's going to get big. Yeah. He was saying all this stuff to me. And he said, oh, I had to go through this gate and I opened this gate and then I went out, out it's like another mile or so. Then I got on foot and walked like a mile. And then I went up on this big hill and I kind of look over the edge to see if I see your son's vehicle. I didn't see it. And I got back in the vehicle and drove some more. Then I got out the vehicle and I started painting this, uh, these uh, rocks with red paint so the police can know exactly where to follow the tracks into the um, desk, things like that. So when I told the officers about this, the detectives, oh, that's what he said, and that's it. Uh, mm-hmm. No follow-up on it to question the guy father about that, but they kept what they said. No interrogations, no um, bringing them to the police department. Yeah, yeah. Get a they brought me interview. and my daughter into the police department and put us in the interrogation room, but they didn't bring anybody else in the mm-hmm. interrogation room. The person who is the last, last one to, to see, see my son, which right. is crazy that's- that... Yes, so and, and then he said all those out, uh, crazy things to me about his, his account. You know, it changed mm-hmm. from what I read, uh, read I read, uh, what I got from the police department, not read, but what they told me. And then also uh, when he first started off, exactly what they said, and then kind of changed the story to add all that other stuff to it. So okay, that's why they need to bring him down there right, exactly. right away. Exactly. The last person to see your son so right. that they can try to get the truth. Right. As soon as possible. I mean, that's right. such a crucial but time. Like I said, you know, if you're concerned about my son that much, I think a phone call would have been right, really great. Right. I said, hey, look, I called and he, his phone just kept ringing and ringing, just like we was calling. It was ringing yeah. and ringing. And, and it, then it finally go to voicemail. So when did you first hear that Daniel was missing? I was at home. Um, um, it was that night in South Carolina. Um, I was thinking it was roughly, I want to say nine o'clock at night. I can't remember that time. Okay. But um, it was late uh, for me. It was, um, you know, a little mm-hmm. late. Uh, my daughter called. She was really um, worried about him. She said, Dad, um, Colbert, this ended up being Roger. Roger went over to his apartment. Right, because he, yeah. he remembered where she lived. And uh, okay. he came over and said, hey, you just looking for Daniel. Um, yeah. He was at Joss at around roughly 9 o'clock that morning. 
and um, nobody heard from him. He just mm-hmm. come to see. So she told me about it. Of course, I'm not really concerned at the moment. I'll be honest with you. I said, yeah, he probably took off because he didn't really dawn on me. And then I said, just go by. I told her to go by his house to check to yeah. see if he's there. And also, um, uh, in the meantime, I'll be trying to call, check, and, and then also check with his friends. So she was doing that. And I was doing my due diligence to try to find out if we can get get in contact with him. Yeah. Then that's when it dawned on me. Cause I look at wait a minute. They said nine o'clock that morning, and I look yeah. at the time there because it's a three hour time difference from South Carolina and uh, right. Arizona. So, hmm, that's over six hours. Yeah. That's when it became a problem to me. I'm like, hey, and first of all, I look at it. I know my son. He would if he didn't want to be at that job. He, first of all, he wouldn't have went to two well sites. He would have went to one. He wouldn't have went to neither, neither one of them. He just wouldn't have showed up that day mm-hmm. if he didn't want to be at work. But um, that was high in sight now. But I'm saying at the time, the first thing I was thinking like, okay, it's been six, over six hours and he hasn't called me or his right, mother, yeah. um, his siblings, nobody. Mm-hmm. And that didn't sound right to me. No. Not his pattern. Danny would never ever go that long without saying something to somebody. So that's when I got really concerned about that and I called um, Tempe, because he's a uh, resident of Tempe, and try to put a missing person report. They found out what I say. He was missing some white tank mounts. That's when I first heard of that. Um, they said that's in Buckeye, um, and they alerted me to uh, call the Buckeye Police Department, which then I had to wait uh, some hours to that 12-hour mark before I can actually report. So I had to, you know, of course, pace the floor, try to get more information yeah. until that 12 o'clock, um, that 12-hour right. uh, mark. Where you could actually file the report. Right. Wow. Yeah. Which we were talking about this earlier. It's right. pretty old fashioned for it is. It's police so. to do that, to make you wait any specific amount of time to file a police report. Yeah, because I was really talking to them at the moment when they made me wait. I was like, look, my son is not from Arizona. Yeah. He's his first time they said he was at this well site. It's nighttime, going to yeah. nighttime there. You know, he's born with one hand. You know, that's when I had yeah. to say that, which is true. Um, and he's out there somewhere he never yeah. been before. Can you at least go out there and look? You know, yeah. they couldn't do that until this 12-hour deal, so, yes. Which, I mean, that's just crucial time. That's yeah. It is, being lost. That right. they're not mm-hmm. being, yeah. he's, they're not searching for him. So, the police finally, you know, once once they're able to uh, help, they call his phone, um, which, a little late for that at that point. Like, yeah. it should have been immediately before that you call. I mean, it's His name is Austin Cruz. He was really nice, really, really good officer, uh, in my opinion. That's good. Yeah, that night. Yeah, he what he did, he did make phone calls. He, he told me about the coworkers. You know, that's when that first thing started saying uh, about the coworkers say this and that type deal. Uh, he okay. checked with them, and also um, he did. At the time, I didn't know that he was actually the desert. How the desert thing was. They say he was out there in the desert, but I didn't think like there's a desert like way out somewhere. So he said, "Oh, I'm gonna go down the Sun Valley Parkway and catch uh, the Sun Valley Parkway." He didn't say catch road. Go down to Sun Valley Parkway, and I was really relieved because I didn't, you know, I don't know in my mind. Yeah. I've never been in Arizona. You don't know what. what. So yeah. I said, okay, great. He's going to, he said, I want to make sure his vehicle ain't on the side of the road somewhere. And I felt relieved. But then I later found out when I started talking to coworkers, hey, look, this is in the desert that your son was missing. Then I asked an officer, hey, can you go out there to look for him? They said he was in the desert, you know, and um, he just said he couldn't do it because it's night. So they had to wait till the next morning. Okay. So, yeah, this was a little bit conflicting. We were confused here. Um, we read that the police wouldn't list Daniel as missing or start searching for him until 72 hours after his disappearance. Is that correct? Um, it could have been because I did have, I didn't know about, I'm going to wear the 72, but I did mm-hmm. know that uh, when I asked them to put him on the national missing thing, whatever, yeah. alert, whatever, 
they wouldn't do it for a while. Um, and I was getting really uptight about that. For the alert. Right, because I was getting really up, really yeah. uptight about that because yeah. I kept looking for it and I didn't see it. And I called them back like, okay, where's my son? You know, that type. So that's probably what it was. Right? Okay. And okay. their report contradicts this, that they say that they did put out the report. Right. So and one time disagree. they did, they said, one time they did, they say, oh, we did it. And that's when I was saying I was looking, I didn't see it. And then I talked to, okay. um, I think his name was Officer um, Haley. Mm-hmm. Officer Haley. And that's when I got mad with him, like, oh, you promised me you was going to do this, and you didn't do it, and then you finally did it. So, Okay. So let's talk about Daniel's Instagram account. You noticed, correct, I'm not sure, but I'm pretty sure you were the one who first noticed that Daniel, some of Daniel's photos No, my, my daughter did. Oh, your daughter <laughs> yeah. did. Okay, yeah, I was going to say. Her and um, the other siblings, yeah, they, they noticed that. They called me, okay. Dad, his pictures disappear. You know, that's like, Seems like something they yeah, had noticed. Right. Um, and then eventually... Your family decided to delete the Instagram account. Is that correct? No, no. no. We okay. Never, never, we don't have. We didn't have access to his Instagram. So. Okay. Is it still up right now? I don't. And this is puzzling because I don't know if Instagram it, it popped disappeared one time and it came mm. back and but it's still not, right now is the same way. It is no profile okay. picture. Just just there. Okay. Right. Okay. So one of the things that the police attempted to do is try to connect to his Jeep's UConnect uh, software in his Jeep. Um, Cause you can connect to that remotely. Um, just like a lot of vehicles nowadays, you can, you know, do everything from your phone or, right. or log in online. Uh, so they tried to do that, but there was no, uh, they weren't able to actually connect to it because it was either off out of range um, or maybe that the battery is dead. Somebody tampered with the system. Um, something like that. Did they tell you that they were doing that? Yeah. No, that was on our request. Um, okay. They, they wouldn't do anything. Uh, we wanted cell phone pings. They say, oh, we can't like, get that because we um, need a warrant or something. Other. Then we asked for camera footage. Hey, just even show that he was driving up that, that direction because, you know, we see cameras all over every major um, intersection. Oh, we can't get in, in information on that. Then we say, hey, wait a minute. My son has a, um, uh, like, we want, want to Uconnect. It's, um, what, it's like an OnStar. Yeah. Um, they said, came back and said um, they couldn't get anything from it um, because they need a warrant, right? And then they say, oh, yeah, we, we went to call Uconnect and, uh, we went and got information from it, but it all came up all zeros or some zero grid or something huh, or the other. Okay. And um, I didn't understand that because I'm not that technical person to know about that. But he said, oh, yeah, some zero grid came up all zeros. Don't show in a location. Um, but they said, you connect, say that happens when somebody disconnect the vehicle's battery or something like that. So oh. it make it malfunction or something or the other. So maybe somebody, that made me really freak out. Like, yeah. what, what, why somebody would take his battery loose? So, that type deal. Okay. Then obviously right away. I mean, you're, you're thinking we need to get eyes in the sky. We need to be looking, you know, if just driving around doesn't work, we need to get a better that's, view. That's, there. Um, out the fed. That's, um, when I found about all that, that's when I was here in Arizona by that time. But okay. yeah, but during the time when um, he went missing the day after um, he went missing. Yeah. I, I, I thought they was going to put that bird in the air. They told me they were, and then I was really excited. Um, they just going because I was still planning to come up here regardless. I mean, up in Arizona regardless. Yeah. Um, but you know, but they didn't call me back an hour or so later. Say, oh no, um, the officer told me no, it's gonna be a no go, right? Um, because um, his higher ups um told me they unauthorized it because Daniel's a grown man. If he wanted to disappear, if he, uh, he he's his grown man, he could disappear if he want to. That's how they put it. Yeah. And I'm like, why are they assuming that he just want to disappear? Yeah. You know, what I'm saying, but that's what they believe. Okay. okay. So they first denied the request. And then they ended First up. First, they approved it. Yeah. Um, and then they denied it about an hour later. 
Okay. And then they eventually did use the helicopter, correct? When I when they told me they denied it, that's when I threw everything in my car and started yeah. heading this way to do it myself, go yeah. look for myself, um, get here to Arizona fast as I can. But by the time I hit the uh, city limits of Arizona, uh, my aunt called me and said, David, you know, because she talked to Buckeye. Mm-hmm. Uh, she lived in Philly. And uh, she called them. And whatever she said, uh, she said, hey, they said they're going to put this Phoenix Air Firebird, that's what they call it, in the air. And I was really excited about it. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so you started to feel concerned that maybe the police weren't doing enough, and that's when you actually decided to drive out there. You drove out by yourself, yes, two thousand miles from right. Charleston to Phoenix to start the search. Well, Columbia, South Carolina to Phoenix. Oh, yes. okay. I don't know why I had Charleston in here. Columbia. Yeah. Okay. So police and your family also checked local hospitals as well. Didn't right. find anything, and you felt like the police were kind of reluctant to do more intensive searches. And, and that's the thing. Um, I questioned the search, of the, even the Firebird helicopter. And the reason why, because like I said, I'm serious about finding my son when I first got to Phoenix. Yeah. And um, um, Mr. Ken was the first person I, I talked to that last saw my son um, outside of his, his job, Daniel's job. Of course, on the way, I'm on the phone constantly with his job and with like our police department. But um, Ken, when I talked to him, one thing he said that still bothers me to this day and it's uh, his statement. I wish I would record. I record so much of everything. I wish I could record him. But he did tell me um, that he was there uh, that whole week. Since my son was missing, he still was there. He had to come there every day and uh, work. So he was there uh, when they supposedly um, did the search. And um, so I said, oh, so you was here, you know, uh, when they did this, uh, when Buckeye came out to search for my son with the helicopters and on the ground. He said, well, I was here, but he said, I didn't personally hear no helicopter or see no helicopter or see them. So that, I'm like, wait a minute now. Yeah. If you at the well site and they say they came to check for my son around there, you ain't seen no officer. And and I'm telling you, the desert is eerie quiet. When I say eerie quiet, really quiet, is I can hear you can hear your own eardrums sing like to me. Wow. And he said he didn't even hear a helicopter. Yeah, because you had he didn't see or hear that. Yeah. So I, I I really question their um, search. So I'm really uh, currently uh, trying to get uh, flight records to see if it actually even happened. Yeah. Oh, wow. interesting. Wow. Yes. Okay. Or they were okay. just way off of I think the search just, area. Or, or tell them, just telling me as a family to make us yeah. feel good. Just, right. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Right. Oh, we went up and searched and didn't right. see oh, anything. Didn't yeah. Really, right. Yeah. yeah. And, wow. you know, it concerns me because um, I know I'm jumping the gun, uh, but it concerns me as a, um, a father that I had to stop my own searches. And immediately we started finding human remains to. Right. Oh, um, yeah. I mean, just certain things out of clothing in the same manner. My son's clothing was found in the pile, somebody else's clothing. Uh, turn all the stuff to Buckeye Post Department, but they have the searches they say they have done. They haven't come up with a construction cone, nothing. Wow! So that 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 puzzles me. That really puzzles. Me. Yeah, you would think if you start finding right. human if you remains really that you would, you would start taking something. it seriously, and right? Block areas off and methodically right. go through and and, and they have the equipment. I don't. They have the cadaver dogs. Right. They have the search. It's dogs. their job. Yes. So you started organizing your own search parties. How yes. did you kind of source people to help with the searches? It, it was passion for my son. Yeah. I mean, I was lost when I got here. Uh, got in Arizona. Uh, when I got in Arizona, I was um, I was lost. I just had yeah. my daughter. I grabbed her and um, I just leave my hotel room and just we just ride. We just literally ride. We, yep. we must have checked every pocket space at the airport. I mean, every pocket space at some of these other because we was trying to come up with theories on our own at the time. Hey, maybe Daniel wanted to go travel abroad, like he said he always wanted to do in his car somewhere. Yeah. So, so we check everything we can around Phoenix, Tempe, to whatever. I mean, we're just burning up gas, just, just doing it all day, every day. 
Uh, she took time off from her job. Um, and then it dawned on me, I need to get in this desert. I used to go up to Sun Valley Parkway and stand on the side of the road. I never went in um, because I got to the vice of the Buckeye Police Department. Hey, some dangers out there, these dips and this. And some of you saying your vehicle won't make it, that type deal. Um, I, I'm a veteran. Um, I've been in the desert, some yeah. real desert out there yeah. in Afghanistan. And I know that the desert's nothing you just play with. Right. Uh, so I was uh, really um, trying to be listen to what they're saying. They know the terrain there. I don't know. And I saw a lot of um, vegetation that's different from out there in Afghanistan. So I used to have my binoculars and look. So eventually uh, it, it ate at me. You know, in the, the couple of days, it was eating at me that this desert is keeping me away from my son. So that that's when I got the uh, the, the really um, th- drive, you could say, to find anybody and everybody. So I, that's when I started hitting up social media to Okay. Calling to texting to emailing whatever I can do until I end up finding someone who knew about that desert. And social media has been a pretty useful tool for you, right? Yes, it has. That's amazing. And so you've brought in all types of people, just from average citizens who just want to help. That's right, and they they just showed up, and how it's almost like they're saying you build it, they come, they showed up. Yes, that's amazing. So obviously these searches are really difficult, especially because of the terrain. Um, what challenges have your search parties faced? Well. Uh, the heat is one thing because that yeah. was dead in um, the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, it was very hot. But, you know, it's weird because uh, we started, when I did my first search, it was at 5.45 in the morning, for instance. And we tried to get people out at by 10 because it gets hot, right? Yeah. We was out there at like 4 or 5 in the afternoon. People just dedicated. We were just out there searching That's in the heat incredible. like that. Oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing. Um, but the challenges was, is the terrain. Um, standing from Sun Valley Parkway with that, that binoculars, everything looked flat. Yeah. But the... But like I said, the, the uh, washes, that's when I started learning about washes. I had to do research about that desert, um, learn everything I can. The washes the, to the um, the rivers that's out there. Uh, they call them rivers. I didn't know that water don't actually run a certain amount of year um, um, to the um, the ravines and things like that, the wildlife. Those are a lot of challenges out there. Yeah. And going back to what you said earlier, you guys have actually found remains yes. or several bodies, possibly up to five. Yes, about a little more, but we can't really tell. And, and the reason why the numbers that I have come up with, I know me and my um, logistics coordinator may have different numbers. Um, the way I come up with numbers, try to get kind of get closer to what we found is um, if you find three femurs, for instance, that means two people. Right. You know, so it's not, no, we don't have a two femurs, you know, so um, one of those femurs can be two different people. We don't know. But we do know if we find two in the same area, for instance, then that means one person. But if we find three and that's, you know, at least a third person, um, two people at one time. So that's how I've been doing my count. Okay. Uh, we also found a human skull out there, um, which now has been given back to their family. Um, one family member in Florida oh, wow. had, was able to get that right. So Good for so, you. Yes. So so some of those things have been fruitful for other families. Okay. Right. So in your research of, of the desert, did you, and also finding human remains, did you find any information around why there's human remains out there? What like was was it just people that, you know, succumb to the elements or or, you know, there's things that people say online about it being a dumping ground for cartel potentially, things like that. What what did you find? Well, you know, first first of all, um, after the vehicle was found, for instance, um, this is only two times that Chief Hall showed up to my only only time he ever showed up at my searches was at the weekend after that vehicle was found. Now, he came out there, and um, he kind of, I call it grandstanding. Um, it was, I'm going to throw this in, too. It was real disrespectful to me and my daughter, yeah. uh, who was on the ground that, that weekend. 
Um, and I was getting ready to start my search. He just showed up and he he immediately got a car and he started grandstanding. Hey, y'all want to know where this vehicle was found? I haven't even known at the time where the vehicle was found. We was close. I was wondering what my logistics of my search coordinator at the time decided that we're going to be in this little area we call what we call now is the quarry. I didn't realize he talked to um, Chief Hall and that's the reason why we decided to, he wanted to um, decide to meet in that little area. But Chief Hall showed up, grandstand. Hey, y'all come follow me. I'm going to show you. Here is a ton of people walking with me and my daughter, and I'm like, wait a minute, y'all haven't the police department haven't even showed us where the scene was located. Right. Uh, but he went out there. Make a long story short, he first of all he misdirected us. Um, the uh, second part, he was um, explaining how the cartels is very heavy out there, uh, to the point where he's saying that um, they land their planes on Sun Valley Parkway at night to dump their drugs. I'm like, and I'm thinking at the time, I'm like, okay, you're the chief of police and you're telling us like y'all don't have no control or what happened. Right, right. Yeah, the cartels you know they're doing do. it, but you're not doing anything. Right, exactly. Yeah. So that's yeah. ideal. And um, he was kind of making that narrative like what probably happened to your son is the cartel got him. Basically, that's wow. how it sounded like to me. Wow. Um, but um, hindsight, um, also uh, a lot of people don't know, I do have um, another, um, I keep multiple things going on. I have another um, investigator who helps me out on the side too. Uh, he specializes in things like that. I definitely can't put him out, but he works with those um, type elements uh, to recover people. Mm-hmm. And um, um, so he told me he have a map, and that area is um, for for drug trafficking and okay. also for human trafficking. It's right in that same corridor. Okay. Right. Okay. So, so let's let's talk about when Daniel's Jeep is discovered. Yes. So this is almost a month has passed since searching. And the police's aerial search, I think the Civil Air Patrol came in at one point and right. did a search from the air. Didn't find anything. Yeah, and that, I showed up at a search. And the reason why, because of what the Ken, uh, Ken said at that well uh, that day that he didn't hear this. And I said, I didn't believe they did that first search. So I didn't believe they was going to do the second search. So I got my daughter that morning. And they said, they, they told me, hey, Ms. Robin, going to be out there at 5 o'clock in the morning. No, 6 o'clock in the morning. And um, we're going to start this search out there with Civil Air Patrol. Me and my daughter showed up there at five. They didn't get there to eight, but you know what? Um, um, they did do a search. They didn't do it as um, I think in the report they said they had two two airplanes. I videotaped the whole thing. They only had one airplane. They only did one flyby, and Silver mm-hmm. Patrol was so disrespectful, pissing, you urinating on the ground, all kind of stuff in front of my my daughter and wow. another young lady I had in the vehicle, and um, um, and they just sat there for a while. They wouldn't let me. I said, as detective, can I go in with you guys to help search my son? No, you can't come in. They, they made sure I didn't come in by blocking the gate, you know, with their vehicle sideways. Yeah, so I couldn't come in, so the rest of them wow. took off. Um, they did a little short um, um, search, um, and then they finished, right? And that was it, yeah. And then the next day they came out, uh, the police department came out, and that was on the 19th, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, the 9th of uh, July. Okay. And um, so they came out the next day with their little map and what they, mm-hmm. so they gave me a copy. One thing I'm going to ask you guys to really look at since you're um, doing the true crime things, I need y'all to go on the website right now if you can or, or whenever and um, look at their website on their timeline, and you'll see that that map they put on um, out there on the ninth um, when they um, did Silver Air Patrol. And one thing you're going to notice is you'll see a ping mark with a um, location of where my son was last seen, which is the well site. Right. But you're also on the ninth, you'll see where the vehicle was, was going to be, was going to be found. The vehicle wasn't even found yet. So how they know it's going to be in that location oh. before the um, the nineteenth when it's found, and it's still up there right now as it stands on their website. So they need an answer answer to that. The Buckeye oh Police Department. Yes. Yeah. So why didn't they say anything about that? 
Yes. That's wild. Because uh, I, I need I already get that to some of the organizations like Dateline. I send it out to a lot of those organizations say, hey, y'all look into that. And yeah. that's Buck, I supposed wow. to explain that. I have a copy when the date they actually sent it to me. So the date that um detective sent it to me was on the ninth. Uh, so wow. they cannot say they didn't already know about that. Yes. So from the ninth till the nineteenth, ten days go by, and a rancher finds And they so they saying, right, the rancher, rancher came to me and said, Yeah, he found the vehicle. Uh, and then he said, Oh, two to three days it wasn't there because he came there, you know, looking for his, his uh, thing. So yeah. And it was only four miles southwest of the job site. Not that far. Yeah. No, it's three actually three miles, uh, probably a little less. Okay. Um okay. but like I said, the only person that's and I want to mention that um, that day also when I was saying Chief Hall showed up in my search, uh, him and the rancher, rancher showed up. That's the only time they actually showed up there um, at that search to this day. Yes. Wow. They both showed up the same day together. Interesting. Yes. Is there a relationship there, you think? I'm not going to say. Okay. <laughs> I do have an investigation, well, yeah. so yes, okay. I'm not going to say. Okay. okay. That That's interesting because yes. to yeah. me it seems it's very, very fishy that a rancher, I mean, I just can't believe there's, multiple air search like yeah, from the air and i mean when you look at where the jeep is found mm-hmm. right and just the lo- location of it i mean it's a ravine but i feel like from the air you you can see that you and, gotta and, be and i'm telling you the brush is only about kind of my about to my chin um in that area and the second part is they said they did such an extensive search of that area when they didn't tell me almost 24 over 24 hours later they told me that they found the vehicle first of all they told me the next day they said they did such searches so well. They had several cadaver, they had cadaver dogs and search dogs out there. They had drone and they had helicopter. Right? They got come the on. Officer told me say, um, detective told me, man, uh, Mr. Robinson, uh, we were searching so hard uh, and the helicopters flying so low and the man hanging out and he's looking. This is what they tell him. Some, no way. Some yeah. hero thing. Yeah. He hanging out there and he say, Mr. Robinson, you can hold your hand up like this and you can touch the bottom. of The helicopter is flying so low. That, that he told me. Right. Um, I, I, I think they, now how I say I think they'd be little me trying to be funny um, but you know they say they did all of that uh, the ranchers say they one cadaver dog, uh, one dog and they came out at 10 o'clock that night they only used drone they never had a helicopter that's his testimony wow. I have a recorded testimony um, and um, the weird part is his testimony matches what they gave me on evidence no helicopter footage just drone uh, pictures and um, everything like what he said the weird part is that whole narrative is um the skull that we found was only a few hundred feet from where the vehicle was found. So if they use cadaver dogs who specializes right. in finding things like that, yeah. why didn't they find it on a few hundred feet away from where the vehicle was found? Because they didn't have no cadaver dog out there. So that's the things um, that don't make sense to me. They're constantly telling you they're doing they, stuff. They when say they're... whatever. And then they, the next day on, after the 19th, uh, they threatened me to get my son's vehicle out of there, out of the compound, unless I was going to pay storage fees. And they turned it over to me. So, wow. Hey, we don't have no more leads to follow. It's done. Go back to South Carolina. That way I take it. Go back to South Carolina and just move on with life. No, not just that. Yeah. It's not going to happen. Hell no. I mean, how can right. you? How can you when right. you have all of these things right. that don't make sense? And, and Correct. you're a smart guy. They're not fooling anybody. Like mm-hmm. they think they're fooling right. and they're trying well, to I just... ask questions. And I think I tell a lot of uh, family members I do talk to don't be afraid to ask police questions if you think something don't yeah. sound right to you just ask questions ask yourself the question yeah. if it don't sound right then mm-hmm. challenge them on those uh on those things so and good good thing yeah, you have, have because right you're just finding out more and more things that don't don't right. match up with with what they're saying so right 
back to let's so let's talk about sort of the the scene of where the jeep was and the the state that the jeep was found in so the jeep was rolled over on its side and the airbags had been deployed there was significant damage to the vehicle including a smashed front windshield and a shattered driver's side window the removable roof which jeeps have little removable roofs you can take off was partially right. wedged under the front of the jeep hmm. so extensive damage to it it, it was it's it was horrible. yeah completely totaled pretty much um, police found some of Daniel's belongings inside the Jeep, including a cell phone, wallet, and keys, which well, his wallet was in his pants pocket. Okay. Yeah. okay. Right, they, they because found they found his clothing outside, outside of the car. Yeah, three feet away, right in a pile, right? Which was his okay. work clothes, right? What he was right, working in. Right, from what I understand, yes. He said mm-hmm. the vest was out there, uh, like another uh, foot away north of um, with the pile of clothing, right? Okay. So, a pair of jeans, two brown work boots, faded orange safety vest with the Matrix Underwear, logo on it. Right. Everything. Okay. Right. So, mm-hmm. does that, do you believe that he had removed his clothes before he left the crash site? Possibly? And, you know, it's, they told me that um, Daniel didn't sustain any injury. That's what they said to me initially. He didn't say no injury because right. they didn't see no blood in the vehicle. Mm-hmm. Then at the same time, they're saying he had a severe head injury and he kicked his way out of the sunroof with no blood. Severe head injury. Yeah, that's what they're saying. Um, what, I have uh, no. I, I keep saying that what bothers me the most when they told me the story, and you no, know, he said he's blaming. But Miss Robinson, uh, head injuries make people want to shred their clothes, mm. and he said that's the reason why he shred his clothes. Um, and and uh, he probably took all his clothes because he thought it's hot, and he went walking off, and he was hurt, and so he went on the tree to cool off and succumb. Probably came to his injury. Some wild animal probably got him or something. And I was thinking at the time, I'm like. I was in Afghanistan. I'm, I'm retired, military retired because of a head injury. Right, IEDs right. If last. anybody knows, you yeah, know. And I never shred my clothes off. So I'm like, right. what do you mean by that? Yeah. What is that even based on? Right. I can't really understand that. So that's what they're telling me. Um, and then that's when, of course, later the, the monk story came. But the thing is, um, yeah, my son's uh, clothing was on the ground when they told me mm-hmm. um, in a pile. And if he had a head injury and he was hot and he was... Um, Doing that because he's hitting why he put it in the pile, why he just take it off and slinging it all over the place. Yeah. Why is it in the pile? Um, you know, it, it don't make sense to be neatly put in the pile. Or, and why does boot, uh, um, what the rancher said to me at the time is uh, why is, um, unless your son has superhuman strength, how the boot gets stuck up under the front end of the vehicle. And it is. So, that mean, I mean, it's weird how the boot is stuck up under the front end of the vehicle. Mm. How would he have done that? Yeah. Right. How he get under the And if vehicle. he's so. You know, right, just exactly. had this massive right. head injury and he's in an accident. I mean, right. why would he do that? And right. My thing is, how did he go through this car wreck without any external injuries to mm-hmm. that resulted in blood or anything being taken off? You know, like it just doesn't make any sense that the car is completely wrecked. Right. Other than, I mean, I guess maybe the airbags saved and, him from serious injury from being cut. And that's why I'm, I'm getting those um, airbags um, right now. I'm trying to get all the income. When I say income, I'm getting all the funding I can to get those airbags tested. Mm-hmm. They have nothing, no friends are working done at that scene. So right. um, I'm getting those things done myself to determine if my son's DNA is on there, on his clothing to see if, you know, you know just, just when they stuff. deployed, was he on he the other there. side of them? Right, right. Right. Versus did the airbags go off without him in the car? Exactly. Because, you know, he'll have residue from the airbags on his clothing. So right. um, that type deal. Right. right. Uh, and also the DNA would be there because you always have DNA on airbags. Yes. I just have a hard time believing that he would have escaped this accident without a single drop of blood 
right in in the vehicle unless it was just right. missed or, or something like that and they didn't know that um i had um secured a meeting with the buckeye police department a few days after they gave me that vehicle um and um i also took um, um i recorded it and also i took a um a observer from the NAACP with me and in that meeting they told me they didn't do any forensic work because i was upset why they didn't do any friends work because they only gave me one picture at a time and I didn't see the little little markers that would say they did yeah. that. Um, and they said because um, there was no blood found in the vehicle. That's the reason why. Not, well, how do you know my son was even in the vehicle? Did they luminol test it? Nothing. That's what the so thing how I do said. you know there's no that's blood in the saying. vehicle? That my hmm. mind, that's what, what I'm thinking. <laughs> and the funny part is I want to think it from a television show, CSI. Yeah. yeah. They have all this technology right. and ways they can find somebody to clean up blood and mm-hmm. whatever the case may be. And they tell me, oh, we didn't see any blood. So how you know my son was driving it? Where well, it's his vehicle. He was obviously was driving. I'm like, what kind of remark is that? You know, yeah. That don't mean he was driving. So that's when I demanded um, fingerprinting at least. So when you guys see that in the, in the report that they did, think I requested that. I demanded it. They ain't gonna put it in the report. Oh, the daddy demanded. Right. Uh, no, 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 no. Yeah. They'll say, oh, we did. Blah blah blah. We thought so, of that. Yeah. Right. Exactly. There's way too many assumptions being made on their part for for what happened to just right. not even. And, and that's the most frustrating thing, just with. Case, right. a lot of cases in general is just the assumptions made by police based on their experience right uh, experience right it's <laughs> always their experience right, right. we know every best case is the same right right yeah. we've done so many of these that it looks just like all the others but it's it's right. not that simple and how hard is it to have your forensic guy come out and do some just basic do tests yeah, yeah. yeah that would make me feel a whole lot rule better. it out because if it's sitting there uh for a few days in the hot heat um, a lot of stuff can get destroyed yeah right you know they say it was raining um, I even had to you know, put a tarp on the vehicle when it was at the um, yeah. thing for three days when they right. was doing the fingerprinting part of it. Put a tarp because it was supposed to be raining, and um, yeah. they did that. So because um, they didn't swab for DNA until July twenty second when I requested it, right? Oh, and you requested that? I requested that. Mm-hmm. I was saying that you won't see that in the report that I requested it, but I did. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. So they believe that his Jeep had a front impact, which then caused it to roll into the ravine, right? Like they thought he rolled inside the Jeep into the ravine. Well, they, Buckeye, um, when they initially told me, they said it, it, the vehicle rolled, it flipped. And I mean, they're telling me all this crazy stuff. I mean, I didn't know. Um, but it, that, that other theory they came up with, the way the vehicle came down that ravine, came from their uh, expert they hired. Now, I asked these people to come out to my searches and I need resources. I needed drones. Mm-hmm. I mean, I had to come up with money. I mean, y'all don't, it's very expensive. I didn't realize yeah. how expensive it is to try to look for somebody. Yeah. Is very expensive. Very. Every week, I'm spending at least about three, between three to five grand a week just the, yeah. just searches alone. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I mean it's it's really hard. It's really hard, and I just asked them simply to come out and help me. They have the technology, come out and help me searches, but they decided to get their own uh, accident reconstruction. I had an accident reconstruction. We he found all this evidence about that vehicle and the black and, box and uh, the, from the Jeep. And the funny part about it, the black box data came from them. He read what they gave to him. They that's what I'm saying. If you guys can understand. Um, it was no investigation until this thing went national. Right. right. Now it's all of a sudden it's investigation. Once the pressure's on. Right. They even deleted their posts, which I still got. I keep receipts on everything. Good. And they said, no, um, no, we have no more leads to follow. It's over. They gave me everything. My son um, is over. Right. Mm-hmm. Until, like I said, it went national. Um, they didn't like what my investigator um, read from what they gave them, the data. He, he know how to read a black box data. Is this um, Jeff McGrath? Right. Right. Okay. And um, so he gave them what he read from what they pulled. Then also he went to get um, the uh, infotainment system um, information. He had it sent to California, 900-page report 
and um, it came out to give the date and time of what a timestamp of when the uh, vehicle first um, been crashed. It was only four hours after he went missing, and um, and you know with the initial cycles and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, play right. Um, like I said, we sat there, figured out we we're gonna get this the Buckeye. We did it. They just went totally um, not talking to me at all. Me as a family member to this day, and also they uh, um, went to double down on their theory, hired their own um, PI um, for reconstruction, reconstruction, and yeah. just to say, yeah, your son wrecked it like this, and he crawled out this vehicle, that type deal. Now, mind you, I have possession of the vehicle. I have possession of his clothing and everything. This may have never even touched my son's vehicle. Never physically seen it. So he's but he had a full report in the police report. So how is that? And he went to a dealership. Now, not 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 Jeep. He went to a dealership and said, oh, with the scrap C on the mileage, somehow um, this worker at a Jeep said, oh, yeah, that happens sometimes. Like, really? Come on now. If I was right, which I did, I'm waiting on Jeep to get back. And they saying um, that Jeep uh, computer don't match the dash, that's a recall. And you best believe when Jeep get a word of that, they're going to put a statement out. No, that is untrue. I, they right. engineers were like, no, that, right. it always matches. Because right. now they got to put a recall in. And that's a lot of on their part. Because I could turn around and say, hey, yo, yeah. you guys um, is all screwed up right. with right. this thing. you know." So Jeep is not going to follow it with that. No, not the manifesto of people who actually made that, made that vehicle. So from your understanding, what was Jeff able to determine? Yes. Uh, well, he was, he was also found that, first of all, just looking at the initial um, crash, the, da- the damage on the vehicle do not match that terrain. Um, no. Two impressions on the windshield. Like I said, like somebody took something to beat it in on both sides. Okay. Um, the vehicle didn't fully roll because there was no damage on the roof. Uh, so it didn't do a full roll. Um, also, there's red transfer paint on the part that's right. lying on the ground. Yes. Indicating that there's it, no, nothing red in the desert. Um, so it, it was crashed somewhere else. Um, and you don't and think that could have there. been from a tow truck or anything like that? And that's what we tried to see. And the tow truck wasn't red. It, wasn't nothing. Red. Yeah, okay. we, I looked into that too. The uh, tow company that came to put, I look at the history of their truck. They never had a red vehicle. Did okay. you see the truck that they yes. towed it with? Yes. yes was um, it, were all of the Jeep's tires off of the ground or did they drag the? They dragged it. Okay. Um, that's why the tires were flat. They they pull that thing out there violently. You know, and that's another um, thing I want to say too is um, it, we had monsoon season after that vehicle was pulled from that that area and those tracks are still there rain really hard i mean real rain wow and um and I, that's where it goes back to the story of ken when he said oh it's raining and washed away all those tracks and i only seen daniel's tracks and i was able to follow it i see tracks to this day i can go out there right now and some of the tracks that we do it's still there still there so i don't believe that by a little bit that the rain washes away these tracks no that don't right not that there well you've seen it physically too right so jeff does he believe that there's a possibility of foul play? He always say that he don't rule it out, but okay. he don't say it is also. He doesn't he's, he's give a vote. theory. Right. He doesn't right. like to give vote. theories. And police say they do not believe foul play. They do not believe it at all. Right. Which is why it's not a criminal case right, right now. Right. Before them to say that, then they would have to make it a criminal case. And they don't want to do and that. And that would force them to have to, to do, do more work. Do right. more. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. Get, right. out, you know, right. get out there and, and do some more digging. Right. Do you believe there is foul play? I know. Uh, yes, I really do. I really do, based on everything I know um, on my own investigation so far that I'm collecting, yes, I believe so. Okay, which yeah. obviously you can't talk fully about this investigation. Right, right. You don't want to compromise yeah. it. Yes. Um, so let's talk about the possible theories of what could have happened. Just for the sake of, because this is what literally Buckeye Police Department told you, is that they, the detective believes your son staged this wreck 
and walked away from his entire life and family and potentially joined a monastery. You want yeah, to just become kinda, a monk? Yeah, yeah, become a monk, which in this area, I did do some Google searches just looking, you know, at monasteries. There is, you know, a few monasteries. There's also a place where there's a lot of nuns. I forget, I forget what it's called. Um, and then obviously Sedona's in, in Arizona. So that's, there's definitely places right, like that right. that exist in Arizona. So is it a possibility? Sure, but did they ever follow up on that? I did. That, that, yeah. <laughs> I okay. follow up in Lunar Chris, like I said, um, they're saying, I guess, saying, oh, the father's bias about, I am, I'm supposed to be, he's my son. But at the same time, I still have to follow leads, right? Because I'm doing an investigation. And I, I went to the monastery that's um, only, if you go down Sun Valley Parkway, uh, go back to I 10, you have to go two S's up and go north. And I went to that, I forgot the name of that monastery, I, I have it written down, but um, I went there. It was closed due to uh, COVID okay. at the time. So I did check that monastery. That was the closest one. It was impossible for him to walk there um, right. for the distance, but if you were driving a vehicle, you can get there very easy. Which and why? Why, if that were the case, why would he leave? Why would he wreck his car? Why would he leave yeah. all his personal right. belongings? Right. Why would he new just car that right. was a yeah. big deal for him right. to buy this car? Right. Yes. So uh, it's just wild to think that that's the theory they're they're rolling with. You know, they least. had us as a family um, debating on a lot, um, and we we literally say this: uh, let's. Daniel's some type of mastermind that we don't know about, right. you know, like some, because, you know, you hear in history, these people that come out of somewhere, they end up later find out there's some type of mastermind. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I, I know he's brilliant, but he's, he, he wasn't that brilliant where he's going to put his, uh, for instance, the sock that my, uh, Mr. McGrath found um, only a few hundred feet away from the well site that matches the sock that Buckeye collected at the scene in evidence bags, right? Um, that belongs to Daniel. So he literally put his thought there to throw us yeah. off or he, you know, right. come on now. I mean, yeah. that's a lot of work just to say, man, I could have just not came to work at all and just disappeared. Yeah, exactly. So I'm going to come through really all of difficult. this stream yeah. just to um, disappear. No, yeah. I don't believe that. And his actions leading up to it don't don't suggest that either, right. really. And, you know, and, and, and the other theory I thought of, I say, I try sometimes make believe a lot. Uh, let's say they somehow had some clue a little bit. And Dane was acting odd, and he did say he wanted to disappear or something. Let's, let's say that. But I really believe some foul play. He probably had intentions to do so. Let's say he had intentions to do so, and then something else happened. Right. What is that something? Right. What is that something that happened? And, you know, it just so happened, ironically, something happened. But I believe something actually happened um, um, to him. That's what I really do. It does look like from the evidence that the crash was staged to some extent. There's obviously... I don't see how you get that damage from that terrain and, and the area. It and, just and just for them to say that vehicle was driving that fast, um, Buckeye yeah. Police Department. I, I have razors. I rent them things out, and they designed for that terrain. And I punch it up that um, that hill to try to go over that hill. Uh, you know, to try to get that yeah. speed up. You can't even do it in a razor. Yeah, and that's a heavy vehicle, right? And it would never and all that bouncing and jumping and yeah, you would have never made that speed to get down in that ravine where the airbag crashed. Um, was deployed it would have never happened no we tried it over and over again it just it's not enough space and mm-hmm. in, in the terrain it would never happen never get that speed up a mystery to me and probably mystery to you too is why do you leave the job site that day and where was he going and was it he left because he just wanted to go maybe he just wanted to go be by himself think ponder go somewhere away from ken and then he just happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time when maybe he stumbled upon 
some something else going on out in the desert. I mean, it's a big desert. There's lots of places. How we know where, he even made it out to the desert? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no evidence to say that he was even out there to, at all. You know, and I can't mm-hmm. tell you that. Um, there's nothing really saying that my son was there other than what Ken said at the well site. Right. You know, there was nothing there. Even with everything I do know, it's nothing to actually really indicate that he was actually there at that well site. I do have a um, voicemail from Ken. I don't know what he said. Of course, I can't put that out. Right. But um, it's a lot of things that would indicate a lot of things right now. So, Okay. Do any of the, and, and you, you don't have to say tell me anything about this, but I'm just curious, like, does Caitlin factor into this somehow well for me everybody's a suspect okay (laughs) you know that's from being a father i think everybody can um can be part of Mm -hmm. something Mm -hmm. you know but i'm not really sure um sometimes i think that whole caitlin thing is a distraction just kind of for me me personally i feel like a distraction to throw off that they didn't do anything for my son from day one that's just their way of throwing everything off somehow Hey, don't look at this, look at that, you know, that type deal. Okay, yeah, right. and that, that would make a lot of sense for right. why they would go with that. Can you give us your sort of, like, what's your most plausible theory of what you think happened? Well, I... I to what you can say. Well, right? yeah, because yeah. that I kind of put what yeah. I do right. know. But, you know, one thing I can say is, for a fact, my son do not have a mindset to leave his family. That's one thing that really upfront, before I know what I know now, I know my son wouldn't just, hey, I just mm-hmm. want to leave life and leave my mother crying, leave my grandmother crying. Yeah. My dad just look. I know he he's a young man, 24 at the time, 25 now. He had to look at social media. Mm-hmm. He's a young man that's going to be attached to his phone. Right. If he say physically, oh, I just want to leave life and just leave phone behind, he, something going to hit him in his head eventually to peak a little bit. Mm-hmm. And um, the kind of heart that I know my son has, He's not going to do this this long, not nine months. You know, mm-hmm. saying even at nine months, they were still refusing to um, look into a father. It, it wouldn't happen. It wouldn't happen. So I can't say that. I, I really believe foul play has happened. Okay. And, and I have some indications to say that. Yes. Okay. And you have asked for the FBI to get involved, correct? I and have. that yes. was rejected. And you know, yes. And that was doing a letter. I was when I write uh, Chief Hall. I was make sure I CC. And that's another thing. The mayor, CC, mm-hmm. all. All of them, I put them into this letter. And and I do that for a reason so he wouldn't say he didn't receive it. The other part is these people are aware that I'm out here looking for my son. Uh, they haven't so far this date and say hello to me. But anyway, yeah, I did request that. And my letter was really detailed, um, outlining that, um, as we said before, just even uh, four days now, uh, they found us, uh, another person who was, who was executed as a homicide uh, on a few hundred feet from where my son's vehicle was found, where we found the skull. Uh, that just happened probably like four or five days now. Um, but I don't see it in the report yet. And the police, it ain't going to be my son's police report, but as to see it out on the news yet, but it's, it's coming. I have one, I've okay. learned one of the reporters there um, to look into it. Um, but they did find uh, somebody else out there. My son went missing in a crime scene. Mm-hmm. That whole area is yeah, a crime scene. Like say. they say in the yeah. dumping ground, pretty right. much. And um, they don't want to, that whole place needs to be investigated by the FBI. And um, so I put in that, uh, in that statement, Saying that, and also using using uh, Chief Hall's statement on CNN, he said my son was missing under suspicious circumstances. It was very suspicious how he put it, and so that prompted him to say, "Yeah, um, well, I, I asked the FBI to come in to do a case review." My attorney immediately the same day has to, but I'd be a part of that case review mm-hmm. because I need to be there as a father um, in this case review with the FBI. Um, they did it behind my back, of course. 
and they came back the next week. And as soon as I, she say, oh, just give him a week to respond before we, um, they, you know, we get that week. He called me back, Detective Biffin, and said, um, oh, yeah, Mr. Robinson, no, we had this case review. And um, uh, pretty much, I can't say it verbatim, but um, he said that um, they, um, they're not going to come into the case because you as a father are doing such a great job. They say you as a father are doing such wow. a great job out there. We don't need to come in. <laughs> and I'm like, that is crazy. I don't have resources like they do. I, y'all don't, I, I'm really saying this for a reason. Yeah, It hurts me because mm-hmm. I have to sit there and I get people's money. GoFundMe, it helps me. I put my own money there too. Mm-hmm. But I have to take GoFundMe money just to try to keep the searches going. Yeah. Then I have to pick and choose for how I'm going to use the money. Am I going to put flyers out here? Or I'm going to keep the searches going? Or I'm going to buy this drone? It took me months to even buy one drone. That's only three grand now. I have it now. It's a, it's a Mavic 3, a really good one. Mm-hmm. I wanted so I can actually do my own little pictures and yeah. things. Yeah. Just have for our searches purpose. And um, but I need some drones that have better capabilities. That's why I reach out to these um organizations that have those things. I'm relying on all of that, yeah. but um, it, it is a lot. It is a lot. I'm I'm sorry, I just lost track of that, but no, it's, okay. it's a lot. Yeah, it's yeah. a lot. Just to say, you know, trying to um get things I need. I know that's gonna help me find my son if he's out there, and I feel helpless that you know I'm not really doing the searches hard as we're doing out there. I yeah. know some things need to be done a certain way for us to actually right. find them if yeah. he's out there. Well, especially yeah. I'm I'm just thinking too, like especially if organized crime right. is involved. Right. Like this is to me, this is pointing to a much more complex Right, it is, right. Uh, you know, organization that's and it out made me here. Feel, um, unease, you know what I'm saying? Because yeah. I, I'm passionate about finding my son. Yeah. And that causes me to dig into some areas that I may mm-hmm. not yeah. be digging into. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But I that feel unsafe a lot of times because of that. But what can I do? I'm a dad, you know what I'm saying? I have yeah. to find my son, and I'm not leaving without my son, you know? And so I have to do what I have to do. So, you know, Absolutely. that is it, right? So is your team searching every day? Are they out there today? Well, um, I <laughs> I don't want to really put it out. I, okay. I, I, I try not to put um, people. Right. People, right. I, I really say I don't, don't want to advertise. Don't yeah. go out there yeah. on your own. That's, that's what I say. Okay. People do go out there. I can't say that. Don't go out there. That's why I have organized search on Saturday. I'm okay. not responsible for people go out there right. and also, on their own. But yeah. I go out there on my own at times, but I can't say when and how because okay. um because for of safety. obvious reason. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um. So people can get involved in the search still. Yes. People who are listening, people who live locally, how can people get involved? Please help find Um. All the information there from um. If you want to sign that petition is one of the first things. Um, okay. You know I have over two hundred some thousand signatures. Okay. And that's going to come into play when I finish getting this uh, forensics work done. It's going to come into play when I, because I need a back end of the people. It's right. going yeah. when I try to get some of these laws changed on that 24, you know, the first 24 hours, you know, we already know, um, and taking family serious. That's going to come into play. That's one of my biggest talking points. Also, because what happened to me and my family, <clears throat> excuse me, I want to happen to other families again. Um, also, um, like I say, the forensics. But if you guys can uh, sign that petition, and also um, if you want to donate, that's what keeping me on the ground. That's what keeping me here. If I'm not here in Arizona, I keep saying here because I think I'm still in Arizona. Yeah, yeah. Um, if I'm not in Arizona to fight for my son, nobody else would right. be there fighting for my son. I really need need the help. If I didn't need the help, I wouldn't ask for it. Mm-hmm. So the donations is very important. But I can say a lot of people, I guess, can look at the numbers on on the uh, GoFundMe and say, well, you got 200, so I think it's at 200 something thousand now. Um, what you need money for? We constantly use it. When I yeah. say we, me and my team, we constantly a huge use, search. We spend the money every week yeah. from flyers to whatever. So 
So the money is actually being used. I haven't gotten a significant um, funding since November last year. So I'm really struggling. That's the reason why I cut the searches back and stuff like that. I have to really kind of budget and yeah. it's getting lower, 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 you know, yeah. um, but I'm trying to do the best I can. But that funding had to constantly come in to keep me doing everything I'm doing. However, that's one way. Also coming out the search, even with the funding um, low like that and I can't get to utilize the equipment that I can, the numbers matter because what we're doing now, I broke it down to just mostly line searches. And with the line searches, that's where we found, find human remains. And think about it. If he's out there, God forbid my son's there, that's when I can actually find him on the ground because we are doing these line searches, like literally walking in lines and searching. Yeah. yeah. The, the you terrain. have to grid yeah. search it. You have to. Right. You and and it, it's a lot. Do, doing it by the grids, you have to go over it sometimes twice, sometimes even three times. It depends on how we did that search that week. Um, so it takes time. So the numbers really matter. The numbers have moved that search a lot farther. So if people can come out and, and help that way they can bring, like like you say, I can't afford the drones that I really want. If you got them, please bring them out. Yeah. Bring out your, um, if, I, I even volunteer, some volunteers had cadaver dolls, certified cadaver dolls. You got those, bring them out. I mean, just whatever you can to help the searches. That's what I need. I really need that from people. So that's what keep my searches going is the volunteer. I'm not getting it from Law enforcement, so I had to get everything yeah. I get from. I even had to get charter services. I had to pay for helicopters to fly over and things like that. One guy did uh, stand me up, and step, Miss McGrath, he could tell yeah. you about that. Stood us up, took, took my money. I had to get my money back. But, wow! Oh yeah, oh people gosh. do things like that. But I was able to get my money back. But the thing was, um, if, if you got things like that, we need those too. Um, so that's searches, and also if um, anybody wants to. Um, Help, then they can't come to the searches because they live in yeah. Colorado, for instance, or right. live uh, wherever. Um, that's other ways to search, uh, I mean, other ways to help. Um, it can be from, um, I even open up now, I put a PDF on the website where some people say, because I ship uh, uh, flyers out to people, but some say, Ms. Rowder, help you save the funding. We'll, we'll make them ourselves, right? PDF is there, how you do it. And yeah. uh, so people can actually get the flyers because my goal is to mm-hmm. cover every everywhere in the United States. Yeah. Uh, word of mouth is big to me. Right. And um, if somebody sees something that day yeah. and they just happen to move somewhere else, um, that fly can make, make it to them. Or somebody say something yeah. and they say, wait a minute, I was there and I remember something like right. that. And then that's when I can get that tilt to help find my son. So that's the reason why it's important to do that. And then also there's um, uh, events, of course. Uh, they want to help um, also just like um, me just personally. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a um, cell phone number, 803 Seven nine nine four. If you want to leave a tip or you want to, um, which is, won't be anonymous with that, um, mm-hmm. but if you want to uh, just tell me, hey, Miss Rob, I think you're doing a great job. Mm-hmm. I love you. I love your family. Or just that's keep support. the good work up. If you just want to yeah. say whatever, that's what that number is for. That's great. But also have a tip line for actual mm-hmm. tips. And um, if people want to uh, leave a tip, so. And that's 844-602-0660. That is correct. And, and then you can stay anonymous. It's uh, 24 okay. hours, seven days a week. Our live operators Managed take your by call. You. Yeah. Right, and and um, they will let you, like I say, stay anonymous. If you don't want to talk to anybody at all, you can just text the word TIP to that number, and the form will come up, and you can still stay anonymous if you like. Okay, we will also have the website linked below, um, so if you want to get involved in the search, and all other information is there as well. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all of that will be linked below, so you can follow along with the case, send words of encouragement, yes. and the GoFundMe, of course, the petition. Um, I think... Think that's it. Is there anything else you want to add as far as ways people can help? Yes. Well, um, support um, the upcoming um, um, foundation. 
you know, oh, Danny yes. Robinson Foundation. Yeah. So, um, you know, um, one of the biggest things that I learned is helping other families. I get a lot of calls. I just put that way from families who don't even have a voice. So for the voiceless, mm-hmm. that's what we're trying to do, try to help those people too. So Help these guidance. I mean, you guys have learned a lot right. through this process. Yes. yes. Well, we're running out of time. I could talk to you forever. Yes. Really, I'm <laughs> we could. just fascinated yep. in all of this. But thank you so much for coming out to our show. No, thanks and, for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Hopefully I, we can help. And and I know we will help. I know we will you know, bring more support to you and, and your family and the mission to find, find Daniel. Yes. And, and we will be making a donation on behalf of our audience. And I know I can speak for our whole audience and ourselves that we are just astonished by everything that you have done really impressed and you know you are an excellent father any any child would be any lucky to have would, a father like right, you yes, yes absolutely i'm hoping that any father and any mother would do the same absolutely well thank you so much again for joining us um we'll wrap up things there get you on your flight you gotta get back yeah. to arizona yeah. back to it yeah. so I, I keep thinking i'm in arizona until you go outside yeah, and it's cold again saying, yeah. i've been in arizona so much you know i'm from south carolina but yeah yeah <laughs> I have a one bedroom apartment now, so you know. Oh, wow. Oh yeah, um, it's cheaper than the hotel house. Oh my god. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah. that racks Then you can't up. cook anything. So. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. No, that's oh, yeah. true. Yeah, was, Our- that was the way to save money, and I was able to do that. So I'm grateful for that. Yes. Awesome. All right, that's great. Yeah, we'll wrap up there. Yeah. Thank you guys for joining us yes. again. Check out all. Thank of you. David's mm-hmm. information in the description below or in the show notes, and we will see you guys next time.